Blog Talk Radio. Podcasting here, understanding the times, restoring our republic, and uh, we know it's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, get to the callers here that are on the phone line here in just a second. Uh, I don't like making people wait too long because I understand when I call into other shows, I I don't like to wait on hold forever either. So I understand, especially if some people have things to share. They want to get up their chest or talk about certain things. But I'll tell you what, some of the things I would like to address here tonight is uh, uh, this Stuart Rhodes uh, from the Oath Keepers, uh, 18 years in prison. 18 years in prison, what did the man do? He didn't even go into the building. He didn't even go into the Capitol building. And please forgive me, I got a little bit of a cold here tonight, so if I sound a little bit different. But 18 years, 18 years, didn't he? What? What's going on here? I mean, is this justified? I mean, and of course you're going to get the people that think that it was an insurrection or what have you. The people that can't stand Trump, they're going to say, yeah, he should have got life. And then you got the Trump supporters, they're going to say, no, he shouldn't have gotten anything. So where do we go here? Where, you know, what's the truth? What's the law say? That's what I want to know. What's the law say? That's just one of the things, issues right there. And then Mr. Governor DeSantis down there in Florida changes the law so he can run for president. I don't like that either. Change, you just go around changing laws to make make your life easier. That's just a couple issues. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'd like to kick off right there, but uh, I'll open up the phone lines here. Uh, say hello to the people in the chat room too. Hey, Sarge, how you doing? Uh, you're welcome to call in, Sarge. Of course, as always. Uh, let's go with the private caller first. I uh, know we got three three zero three three zero. Go ahead. Oh yeah, brother. Mr. Tave Stanley from Ohio. Ah, calling me from a different number, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's my playing house phone, but uh. Yeah, it sounds much better because that other one there, you talk, you, you, you sound terrible. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Well, you know what? Here's what we'll do. If you got another caller, go to it, and I'm gonna switch back over to the other, the other ring. No, I said you know. sound good on this one. This one actually, you sound good. Your cell phone, the the other phone was yeah. terrible. Yeah, I mean the other phone you had—it was an echo, and we were talking over each other constantly, and it was just terrible. I mean, this sounds okay. I mean, I could hear you on the other one before. It's just that he would go in and out, you fade in and out, you know. Mm-hmm. But what do you think about this? Yeah, what do you think about this, Stuart Rhodes? What do you think it is? Eighteen years in prison. Let's do this. Now we know for a fact after seeing Tucker Carlson in the videos exposed, and we know the name Mike Epps. There's a gentleman that is on video directly instigating, insinuating a riot, trying to. They got him telling the guy to attack the cops, break down the barricade, all the shit that that guy said. And then they, everybody denied it. He's not involved. Who is Mike? We don't know who Mike is. Well, apparently now he's a federal agent or a, let's call him a, uh, Provocateur. I'll call him. 
provocateur, if that's good, right? So now everybody that's labeling people like yourself and me the domestic terrorists, there's your domestic terrorist right there is Mike Epps. That's someone domestically yeah. that's decided to terrorize the government and in America. But this Stuart Rhodes, I don't know. Ray him. Epps. His we name is Ray him. Epps. His name is Ray Epps. That's it. You're right, Ray Epps. They, uh, Rhodes knows to a point when you become the front man or what you're doing, the, the severity or the penalty of what you're involved in. We know this because we, we've been involved, you and I both, we know the consequences that could come if you do something, if you do like Ray Epps did. I didn't see Stuart, uh, Mr. Rhodes go as far as uh, – to try to start or insinuate a right now what he did off screen or on phone taps, you know, he may have had a plot to do something. I don't know. We'll probably never know. But if he did, he gets what he gets. But from what I see, it's bullshit. And I think what's going to happen is if it all comes out, that guy's legitimate and true to what he, everything and shouldn't get that, there's going to be hell to pay. This may be the spark that sets something off because – if I'm somebody's going to send me to prison for 18 years and I haven't done anything, if they don't have me in handcuffs, that's their fault the first time around because the shit's going to hit yeah. the thing. Then. Well, that's the thing is we you don't know what was said. We don't know what Stuart Rose right. really said. I mean, you know, we don't know if he was saying, yeah, let's overthrow the government. You know, come on, guys. <clears throat> we don't know. He could have been buying guns or trying to, you know, he could have actually yeah. been directing people to try to do something. So we don't know. But as far as we know and what we, that they were given us, that's not justifiable. That's actually yeah. Uh, well, well, let's look at the guy who put his feet up on the desk. Mm-hmm. How much time he got? Let's look at the Viking guy. The Viking guy. He was actually promoted to go there. They, 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 they like, like wanted him to go. I mean, and all he did, he didn't do nothing. They actually walked him, escorted him in the police. The Viking guy. You know what that guy did? So the Viking guy said a prayer for the Capitol Police and the people there that they could find some type of solution. Yeah, he's out of jail. He's on probation right now. He got he did a year in jail. The whole thing, the whole damn thing was to show the American people that if you go out of line and they use the Proud Boys, and I can say that I tried to get involved with that group years back, and I'm glad I didn't after the few things I found out after more research. But the Oath Keepers, those groups, we're going to be singled out to see exactly how violent they were going to become. Were they going to be combative like Antifa or Black Lives Matter? Were they going to be their rival? Because now that they run this, uh, this cycle, this part one, to see this experiment, who shows up, how bad they are, and what's the outcome of it? Then there's people who are shown, we're going to make examples of them. They wanted yeah. a lot more than just what we're talking about. You know, they wanted... Hundreds of them, thousands of them. They locked a lot of people up, but they don't have the total number that they were expecting because we're not all brain dead. We don't have the sense of democratic idiocy where we can't even operate a mailbox, two moving parts, a door, open and closing a flag up and down. They can't do it. But Is the Oath Keepers, are the Oath Keepers still an organization now? It doesn't have to be because the Oath Keepers, are, people don't realize the Oath Keepers are the groups of people that take the oath. It's not just military. It's your firefighters, your policemen. No, Anybody I know, but they had a website. Yeah, but they used to have a yeah. website. And, you know, and you... 
I don't know if that's I, up and running. I can't I find it anymore. Yeah, I can't find it anymore. Well, they, you know, uh, it probably might have been taken down through this whole process with the uh, going to court and whatnot just so that they don't have any, uh, I would imagine the defendant's attorneys would say, you know, pull that down, shut that shut that site down so you don't yeah. have any hiccups along the way. That's what I would think. But even then, even then, imagine swearing an oath to, to be a paramedic or a doctor or whatever. I mean, even doctors, they swear to an oath. And well, you've got, they're, they're well, hang on now. You got, well, let's talk about other people. Let's talk about other people. You've got Jessica Watkins, uh, an Army veteran and member of the far-right Oath Keepers. I like how they call it the far-right Oath Keepers. Was sentenced Friday <laughs> to eight and a half years in prison for participating in a plot to disrupt the certification of the 2020 presidential election, culminating in the 20, January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. Judge Amidia Metia said Watkins' efforts in the Capitol were aggressive and said she did not have immediate remorse, even though she has since apologized. Your role that day was more aggressive, more assaultive, more purposeful than perhaps others, and you led others to fulfill your purposes, uh, the judge said. And there was not, in, in the immediate aftermath, any sense of shame or uh, contrition, just the opposite. Your comments were celebratory and lacked a real sense of gravity, and that day in your role. At trial, prosecutors showed evidence that Watkins founded and led a small militia in Ohio and mobilized her group in a coordination with the Oath Keepers to Washington on, uh, and uh, uh, you know, and, and she says, I was just another idiot running around the hallway, Watkins told the court before the sentence was handed down Friday. But idiots are responsible, and today you are going to hold the idiot responsible. Two of Watkins' co-defendants, Stuart Rose and Kelly Meggs, were sentenced Thursday to 18 and 12 years in prison, respectfully, seditious, for, for seditious conspiracy. Sedition. Now, this is very dangerous. This is sedition. This is never – no American has ever been charged with sedition. Okay, this is very – very dangerous, very dangerous, and 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 look here. I want to I want to go to the I want to go to this. What does it mean in the Constitution of the United? States? I guess it doesn't mean anything, but I want to read this part here in the Constitution here because this is very important. Um, what does it mean uh, in the Constitution when uh, when this is uh, when this is uh, said? Uh, this this phrase in the Constitution. Let me pull it up here because I, I don't know it word for word, but um, if I can get to it, actually. Um, but I think we know what, what I'm talking about here. Um, Go ahead, and I'll say this about that. We have a, a judicial system now that's uh, uh, are putting these people in prison. They're finding them guilty. They're democratic because it's all left one-sided. Have has there been an actual ruling that is justifiable that people can consider what happened on January 6th and insurgents? I mean, to me, it was a meandering because, there, number one, there was no weapons taken. There were a few lives that were lost. You know, I can see if Ashley Babbitt. Now, here's the thing: I I get a lot of help for this. If Ashley Babbitt got shot by a guy that's supposed to be the sergeant of arms to protect the people in that building, and she made the voluntary move to try to climb through, not open a door and walk through, but try to climb through a barricaded area, she's asking for trouble. That's, well, I don't care what well, let me ask you I this then. Well, well, let me ask you what this means yeah. then. Can anyone please tell me this? The, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. 
deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government. Tell me, what does that mean? That means that, if, like I've been saying, we can do this peacefully, lawfully, legally, till we're blue in the face. But when the people that hold the power to do peacefully, lawfully, and legally what they think is right, which is absolutely moral wrong that we know, are in power, that means that you and I, like I say, have to go in and drag them out by their damn hair. That's what has to happen because you're not going to vote these people out. They are there. But you can't. You can't. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to breach the Capitol. That's a crime. 18 years in prison now, they say. 18, 20 years in prison. Hey, a march on the Capitol building that they think was an insurgency on January 6th, if there were that many people there as pissed off as me and you are and Sarge and Mike and anybody else that has any morals or dignity that believes that this country is something to fight and live for for your children, that group of people that are in that number up there, Who's going to stop them? Not a damn yeah. soul unless you call in the Marine Corps. That's what has to happen on a level that I always talk about. But we can't get through to people because they're scared. That's yeah. how it's going to have to happen. We can't do this legally, peacefully voting stuff anymore because they've corrupted everything. The voting box, the how it name, how they count them, months to do it. The whole process is well, shit now. Well, yeah, but you can't. I know, but you can't go out there and say you're going to do things like this and and no, and, no, and overthrow the government because, because it's a crime. I don't well, let's look at it like this. It's not about people. It's not about numbers of people. It can't be about numbers because there was only 3% that founded this con- the, the republic to begin with. Let me bring on the private caller here to just put his hand up. Let's see what they want to join in this conversation. Go ahead there, private caller. I think this might be Sarge. That's why I went to him real quick. I had a couple yeah, others. Yeah, how are you doing on this, on this hey. solemn day, uh, Joe, the day that we should remember uh, the, honor, yep. the honored dead of the United States serving in a line of duty in the United States and also – this very solemn subject you're talking about, what is the nature of our liberty and our ability to self-govern and to, and, and to uh, obtain re- redress and petition our government for, uh, for redress of grievances? It's vital to know this. Now, when you spoke of that, 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 uh, that quotation that you cited, that's actually yep. from the Declaration of Independence. It's the second paragraph in the Declaration, which was written in 1775, before the Constitution was ratified in 1787. So, uh, now notice what it does say, what it does, and remember, the Declaration has no, strictly speaking, legal force of law. It's not part of the common law, but it certainly is part of the founding philosophy of the United States. It's the first of the founding documents, and may be critical in under, trying to understand what the whole formation of the United States was all about. So that's what its real value is. And notice when it says it, when it says uh, it is it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, referring to an unjust and destructive government. It doesn't say what means you can employ. But yeah. since we did adopt the Constitution, the assumption is that it's going to be done within the constitutional framework of legal principles and within a constitutional framework that everyone, including the citizenry and the government, is bound by. So that's the assumption. And that leaves a lot of latitude for a lot of things. 
Well, we, yeah, we, we've got to understand that with regard to these old keepers. Hang on, Dave. Hang on, Dave. Dave, you got to switch phones, man. That phone is terrible. That phone's terrible. <laughs> now I can't even hear you. But go ahead, Sarge, as far as the old keepers. Go ahead. Yeah, but with regard to what happened with the old keepers, look, look, I read this judge's statements, his pre-sentencing statements. He, re- he excoriated the, uh, Stuart Rhodes, telling him what a horrible thing it is to be engaged in insurrection and how awful he was and how radicalized he was. He radicalized other people and all the other guys. And what was unusual about this for a statement of a judge before sentencing is he did not refer to the evidence that convicted them once. Exactly. Now, I'm going to go back and look at it again, but I saw no reference to the evidence that convicted them. And I really found that very curious because most of the time, even when a judge excoriates a defendant being sentenced, he usually makes some reference, if only passing, what was the evidence that led to the conviction. There was almost none in this thing. Years, this started just gave for... a political diatribe like Roland Freisler in the Third Reich. Eighteen years just for standing outside the Capitol. Eighteen they, they, years just for standing accused him of doing any violent activities whatsoever. And in fact, there was evidence introduced in the trial that they assisted the police in tamping down the violence. Yeah. Yeah, there's evidence of that. You know, I got to read again. I'm going to go through that court hearing, and I'm going to look at those transcripts and see what the evidence was that they were strict inside the guilt. Now, sedition conspiracy, of course, can go on in quiet behind closed doors. Okay, got it. But there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever that was introduced in the trial, not introduced uh, in, in, in the form of speculation, that they were engaged in any violent activities, that anybody in the Oath Keepers assaulted any police officer that day, none whatsoever. we got to keep that in mind as we listen to all these people crowing about how great it was they put this man in jail for 18 years. I know. I know. And, and I'm going to be honest with you right now. It's predicted that they're going to lock Trump up. They're going to put him in jail. He's going to jail, Sarge. I can tell you that right now. Well, and they're going to indict him. Rubicon, and if they think it's that important, let's see what ensues. And if they're going to indict know, him look, on January look, 6th. I have no problem with them convicting Trump of a crime, provided they have irrefutable proof of a crime beyond any reasonable doubt. Is that standard? Stormy Daniels, that's a crime? Paying her off? Hush money? That's not a crime. No, it isn't. That's why I said I don't yeah. think they can provide such evidence in that case. I don't think it is possible for him to violate that crime under both federal law or even New York law. This is what you call stretching the law to fit your prosecution. This is a persecution, not a prosecution. Certainly yeah, in that case. This is a so, I mean, you know, they're, they're just stretching the facts in the law to obtain the results they want so they can delegitimate this guy as a presidential candidate. That's all this is. It has no legitimacy whatsoever. I read the indictment. The indictment's there for everybody to see. Anybody with an ounce of legal acumen to know it's all bullshit. All of it. Yeah, I, know. I don't know it's what's going to come out from the grand jury proceeding in Fulton County, but I'm telling you right now, I've listened to that transcript over and over and over again, probably about six, seven times. I've listened to the recording, not just the, reading the transcript, but the words that are said back and forth between Secretary of State Rassenberger and Donald Trump. There is nothing in that tape that is illegal. In fact, they followed the very model that John F. Kennedy's campaign did 
when the state of Hawaii gave its three electoral votes initially to Richard Nixon, and they filed a complaint in the same manner that Donald Trump was referring to, and which resulted in the state of Hawaii picking an alternate slate of electors to give their electoral votes to John F. Kennedy. It was identical. The circumstances legally are just about identical. Well, well, well. Look at Al Gore. Remember the Bush, the Bush controversy with the election. Remember? I mean, he conceded, but in the beginning, he did. Al Gore made the same arguments. Yeah. Al Gore made yeah. the same yeah. arguments for the Gore in the Bush versus Gore. Are they trying to? I think you, Joe. I think you might be confused. They're not trying to lock him up over the girl and the payment. That's that's done. Because that's no, it's crazy. not done. He's still got to go to court for that. Kidding? No, no, no. He's, 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 he, that the trial is scheduled for sometime in July, I think. Yeah, and uh, and also they're going to indict him for January 6th, from what I heard. They're going to bring indictments for January 6th. He already has to pay for what he did with $5 million. He wasn't charged criminally about her. So that's done. Yes, he was. Yes, he I has. He's been did. indicted. Oh, no, no. He's yes. been charged with a, a criminal misdemeanor bookkeeping uh, crime that's in the state that's of New York. He has been charged. But yes. he, he was charged. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's got, a, he, yeah, he has, I think, what, 32 charges or something, right? Here's what we have. We have a former president of the United States that's being indicted and charged and talked about being locked up to be put in prison. If he did it and he found the books, show it, lock his ass up. But yeah, yeah, but, but no, that's not a crime. What he, he did? That's not a crime. So listen, Cave. We have a current president that we know for a fact. We have documentation. We've seen it on TV. They showed it to us that he is in bed with China. Number one is a traitor. Number two, the, the financial dealings that they're trying to do the same thing with Trump, but they are not. And they have the evidence. They've shown the American people. Now this is where I know. everybody got to get so pissed off that they, you can't have this. Two-tier system like this, it can't uh, No kidding, no kidding, That's no kidding. Shit. Because if you're going to try and charge, I knew it wasn't about her exactly, but if the books are bad, and Donald Trump signed off on it, if they can hold him accountable for it, then that's what it is. That's the joy of being a millionaire, I guess. So you're, and you probably, get, I hope you get locked up in the same cell with your accountant, so you can strangle him. But but, no, but 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 listen though he is though but he's innocent. Listen, if you and I have a disagreement, or you a car accident, or I break something in your house, or or you don't like the way I did something or whatever, and I say, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll just give you ten grand and you go away. We'll just settle it out of court. That's not a crime, you know. Well, that's what, what, they, they, <laughs> what we need to explain here is is that this indictment is talking out of both sides of its mouth. It's saying, first of all, federal election law says you cannot use campaign funds for personal purposes. What Alvin Bragg's indictment is saying is that he should have used the expenditure, he should have, in the bookkeeping column, he should have placed the expenditure for a Stormy Daniels non-disclosure agreement in the election expenses bookkeeping ledger, which is literally a federal crime to do. And he's yeah, saying by not doing that, that meant that he was guilty of a crime. I ain't never seen no indictment like this. I read the damn thing. 
I know about law enforcement and, 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 and indicting and charging. This is bullshit. Yeah, it is. Look, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that thing so much as I am worried about what might come out of Fulton County and what might come out of this uh, Jack Dorsey's special counsel investigation. And let us not forget now the potential of obstruction of justice with regard to the documents at Mar-a-Lago. They got them three ways now, potentially. I know. I know. And, and I just like I told you, this was on Glenn Beck. It was on Glenn Beck, uh, Glenn Beck and Hannity. Hang on. It was on Glenn Beck and Hannity. They're going to indict, they're going to indict him for January 6th. They're, they were waiting. They were waiting to get case precedent on these others. They wanted to make sure they hammered a couple people with 20 years and 12 years before they charged Trump because now they have case precedent, and that's what they're going to do, and that's what they're going to go after about his speech. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they're going to say that he radicalized people by his speech when he told them to peaceably go to the Capitol and protest. That was radicalizing people by virtue of insurrective language or something like that. This is going to be a complete usurpation of the Constitution, the First Amendment, executive privilege, you name it. They're They're throwing out all the stops to get this man, I can guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. Because they can't, yeah. They got all of them in. Yep. And you know what? I guess America has to realize that there's a two-tier justice system and these judges that are corrupt. Because until we have someone that stands up as, as high officially as the Supreme Court or on the Supreme Court that tells hey, this is bullshit. This can't continue. You guys can't be charging people, dreaming up shit, making it up as it goes to fit your narrative because that's what this is. Listen, it doesn't matter because in the Soros districts or the Soros prosecutors, a prosecutor yeah. can charge anybody. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it, it's up to the juries. It's up to the people in the juries to stop this. You know what? The yeah. juries should have came back with a not guilty for Rhodes or, you know what I mean? And well, that would have nullified it. Can you yeah. ask for move the trial all the time? Because everywhere you go, you know you got to remember this, guys. Look, we've seen what this deep state is able to do with impunity. We know Anthony Blinken solicited Mark Morrell, the, the deputy head of the CIA, to write to get from both active duty and retired CIA intelligence officials in violation of the Hatch Act to write a letter getting Joe Biden off the hook for the Russia collusion hoax and the Hunter Biden laptop. We know this this is what they did. We've got the texts, the emails. Right now, um, you've got um, James Comer, who's head of the Oversight Committee, trying to get the uh, Form 2023, which will indicate the the, um, level of uh, bribery that Joe Biden engaged in with regard to selling the influence of his vice presidential office. They're sitting on it. They're acting in contempt of Congress. Nothing is happening to them thus far. It's all started with Bill Clinton. We're looking at the fact that all of these players involved in this, they do this with impunity and nothing happens to them. Why shouldn't they keep getting away with it? I know. It started with Bill Clinton. It started with him when they didn't do anything to Bill Clinton. You know, uh, but anyway, before we carry on here, Tave, we I can barely hear you, Tave. 
I can barely hear you on that phone. That's that. I can barely, it sounds like you. It's, it's like it's you got it shoved down your pants or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, we can't hear you. <laughs> Man, but, you know, I mean, I, the deep state is so implicated. Look at the FISA warrants. They just the Durham report just ver- verified everything we've known for months, years now. Actually, not months, years. What we yeah. know about the fact that that um, the, the 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 FBI. And the CIA collaborated together to uh, bring phony intelligence to obtain FISA warrants against the Trump campaign. Renew them four times to indict Carter Page and George Papadopoulos for nothing, for simply being yeah. associated with Donald Trump in order to bring discredit on the Trump campaign and on the Trump administration. We know this. It's not well, it's it, more than enough information for grand Trump, jury indictments. For perjury and obstruction yep. of justice and misprison of office, malfeasance Trump, in office. More than enough information. Is anything Trump, being done? No. Trump should have went after Hillary Clinton for the Benghazi crap, and she never, and he never did. A lot of and but the violating the Espionage Act. I mean, it clears yep. the bell. That's what she did. Yep. Yep. It's serious. And and Benghazi. When Benghazi wasn't wasn't pursued. Uh, you know, it, it opened up the door for all this to happen to Stuart Rhodes, 18 years for not even not even going inside the Capitol, 18 years. And then, look at this is very serious because if he didn't even do anything, I mean, and then look at the other people I read to you about that got charged. It's terrible. And the next phase is the next phase is also too. I see a couple of people that just called in here because the phone lines are pretty empty tonight. I only the got about woman 10 destroyed 33,000 emails and texts. Yeah. That were under subpoena from Congress. And she admitted to it with hammers, blackbirds, and bleach bits. Yep. She destroyed well, the sorry. evidence that, that, that Congress was seeking by subpoena. I know. Listen, what before we get to carried away James here, Comey, hang on. James Comey told us that no reasonable prosecutor would ever think about charging her. Is he insane? I heard dozens of reasonable prosecutors say they would indict her in a heartbeat, or at least convene the grand jury to indict well, her. It didn't. Tave, uh, like I said, your phone there, I could barely hear you, Tave. But anyway, before we get carried away here, it is Memorial Day weekend. So, uh, Sarge, I know usually you give a tribute to a couple of your uh, guys there uh, at the end. I know you did that last year. Uh, so, uh, before we get too carried away, so I'll play my tribute. Um, this will be about the um, uh, Operation Red Wings. That's uh, That actually happened happened in about two weeks um so we'll play this one from it's about eight minutes long excuse me four minutes and uh 55 seconds long so i'll do my tribute and then sorry before the show gets i don't know if you got one of uh name off some names of people that you uh served with in vietnam that's totally up to you and anybody else who wants to call in uh pay tribute to memorial day weekend for the veterans uh out there or the people that have given and paid the ultimate sacrifice uh the ultimate price that gave their life to uh, fight for the freedoms that we've now lost. We clearly have lost all these freedoms. Um, I mean, I just don't know what they would say, some of these people, especially these World War One veterans that fought, uh, or Civil War, or, or what the founders would say today. Oh, my Lord. It's going to be terrible. So let me play this real quick, and then we'll get back. And anybody else wants to chip in, then Memorial Day. Uh, and then, of course, the next phase of the New World Order is rolling out right before your very eyes, and I want to know if you guys have caught it, because... Uh, some of this stuff is out there right before your very eyes, and uh, it's happening now. And this is going to be lockdown cities, so uh, it's happening right now. So it'll be fully implemented within the next two years. So about four minutes here, I'll play this, and then uh, we'll come back. You hear me now? 
Well, you've seen the movie, that fall we did. This is where it all started, right there. And we we pinballed through this this uh, grove of trees for about 200 yards. I landed on my back, and I broke my back in multiple places, broke my pelvis, and Mikey landed on his face. I remember he crushed his face pretty bad because when he sat up to look at me, it was, you know, it's all bloody or whatever. He turned around. Well, that's when they hit us with the rockets and the mortars, and our world just kind of started blowing up around us. Well, that's, it was time to go to work, all right? And at no point in time was any of my teammates afraid of anything. At no point in time did anybody stall in the door, so to speak. They didn't, they didn't kind of back up and say, hey, I don't want to be in this. It was, hey, this is what we're here to do. Let's, let's do this. About an hour and a half into this, this gun battle, Danny had broken both his femurs. He had a compound fracture on one of his tip tips and he had shot four times that I know of. So I was dragging him. In the movie, they kind of portrayed this the right way, but except for one piece, and that's where we were separated, he didn't die alone. And, he, and, he and all my guys that got killed, I was right there. Well, I picked him up over my shoulder to take the brunt of this fall. And when I turned around to take the fall, I spun him right into a bullet. I shot him right in the back of the head, blew his head off, killed him right then and there. Well, I wasn't ready for his dead weight. When he fell over the top of me, it collapsed me, and I flipped off of this, this rock embankment and face-planted into this boulder. I broke my nose real bad, shoved it through my face, actually, and I bit my tongue in half, and I swallowed it. And that totally incapacitated me. I was, I was on all fours, I mean, like a bitch, trying to throw that thing up, man. I finally got it up. I, bit, I put it in between my teeth and bit down on it again so I wouldn't swallow it. And Mikey was out on this boulder, just like the movie. He was out on this no cover, no nothing, and crawled out to this this embankment to make our uh, sat phone call. He was sitting up and took two rounds to the chest, spun him like a top, dropped him on his face. And this bothered me. He was my best friend. Had been for a long time. We've been through a lot of stuff together. I mean, I, you know, I loved him. I never told him I loved him while he was alive because, guys, we just don't do that. But, you know, I'll, I'll see him again soon. Probably one of the first things I tell him. And then he started screaming my name for help. You could hear a lot of AK fire into his area. A lot of uh, RPGs, I mean, they were laying it on him pretty hard. Because I couldn't get to him, it was too steep. And he had that sat phone up next to his ear, and he got shot right between the shoulder blades, dropped him right on his face. Normally, to break a Navy SEAL, you have to kill us. That's why we make it into our training, that's why we can call ourselves SEALs, because the only way you're going to break us is to kill us. I snapped right there, like a twig, like a little bitch. I couldn't handle, I couldn't stand to hear him die. They killed him. I never saw him again, ever. I caught up uh, with Axe. He was a couple hundred yards below me, and an RPG hit behind him, separated us, blew him one way, blew me another. I never saw him again for the rest of my life. It knocked me out again. When I came to, I was laid over the backside of this rock. I was upside down. My pants, med gear, kit, GPS, compass, all that stuff was gone. I had a harness on, had one magazine with 11 rounds in it. I went out there with 13 magazines of 30 rounds. I rolled over. I was paralyzed from the waist down. I started crawling, pull, using my elbows. I started pulling myself through the dirt into the side of this ravine. Well, I got up, man. The sun was going down. And I just started, I started to crawl. Well, I was in bad shape. I was dying. I didn't know what to do. And I was laying in this tree, uh, looking at the moon, and feeling sorry for myself. And I must have laid there. And I was thinking, my brother's a Navy SEAL, too. I got a twin brother. He's a Navy SEAL. And I was thinking about him a lot and my teammates and everything that I'd, uh, all the training that I'd been through. And I, I laid there. I was like, 
You're being a bitch. Get up. Let's go. That's exactly what I said. What was I going to do? Lay down there and die? I wasn't going to do that. I definitely wasn't going to feel sorry for myself. And I kept thinking, I was like, all right, I'm still alive, man. I'm alive. I mean, they, they fought and died. I'm still alive. So the mission's still on. Let's go. So I reached out and I grabbed a rock. And I reached out as far as I could and I drew a line in the dirt in front of me. I was like, I'm going to crawl to that until my feet hit it. If I'm still alive, I'm going to do it again. And that's what I did. I'd draw a line, crawl to it, my feet would hit it. I'd fall down a hill, I'd crawl up another hill, I'd draw another line. And I did that for seven miles. When it was an option, when I was out there and I was shot, I laid down there, and somebody was like, well, why didn't you quit? Because that's not an option, all right? That's not what I am. You understand what I mean? So if I, I'm a Navy SEAL, I'm a gunfighter, I'm a, I'm a warfighter, and if I get shot and I can pick myself up, I'm going to pick myself up to shoot me again and kill me. Basically, I'm not going to stop, ever, period, until you take everything away from me. You strip it all away. That's the way we're trained. From the day you go into training, they take away everything that you are and that you ever were, and they mold you back up to what they want you to be. You step back to Europe. You're a football player. So why in the hell would something prevent you from doing that and doing what you're supposed to be doing on the field? That wasn't my job. Navy still wasn't my job. That's what I am. You're a damn football player and a good one. That's what you are. That's not what you do. And if you're a part of something to where you, your whole livelihood and everything you depends on another man, that's where that bond comes from. Everybody knows that a bond is forged in adversity, right? But rely on each, on each other, man. Love each other as a team. Ain't nobody out here that you ain't willing to sacrifice everything for. Every day, man, what do you got? You got you're going to walk through me, man. You better bring some help. That's what you got to think. Because I got my boys right here. We're about to find out who's, who's what. That's where you got to be, man. Like, it's going to take everything you got to get to the end of this field. You better pray to God you put the work in, because I have. All right. There you go. That's, uh, yeah, Joe, is that Marcus Luttrell? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was awarded the Navy Cross. Yeah, and uh, the yeah. guy that, yeah, his friend, his friend that was killed, he got the Medal yeah, of Honor. He, uh, yeah, his uh, uh, team leader was awarded the Medal of Honor. Yeah, so, but that's, uh, you know, and a lot of people, and of course I read the comments underneath, and you guys get people that got to criticize them, and, and Ryan, uh, they disabled the comments after a while, but I remember reading it, and, you know, these people run their mouth, oh, yeah, you said you crawled this room this long, you didn't do that, how do you know, how do you know what he did? How Look, dare the, United States, the Navy does not issue the Navy Cross without a thorough investigation, you better believe yeah. that. You better believe that, man. I guarantee you, you don't get a Navy Cross unless there's a thorough investigation in the circumstances of the award. It just yeah. doesn't happen. This ain't nothing to the Medal of Honor. So and that know, incident and was thoroughly researched. You better believe that that man did, got, the Navy, he got the Navy Cross. You better believe he deserved it. Yeah. And then, when they, and then they kidnapped and then they, they didn't kidnap him. He met uh, an Afghan uh uh, I guess it's one of their tribal uh, customs and rules, and they live by their rules. And if you have a friend invited into your village, you protect that friend and do everything you can right. for that friend until death. And that's what they did. Right. They protected him. You know? And I think and one then, of the things that may have endeared to him, him to them is the fact that he didn't kill that uh, little goat herd who might have tipped off 
the Taliban to exactly where they were. The Taliban were looking for them, but they might not have known exactly where yeah. they were. They knew yeah. the general area they were in, but not exactly where they were. But this this kid that they let go after debating whether or not to kill him, they uh, uh, you know uh, he might have let them know their exact last vicinity when he yeah. was with them. That made it easier to zero in on them. I think, and I, I, I'll tell I you what. Actually, didn't do it. Might have caused the bills to say, "Well, he's worthy of protection." Is our guess. Why let him go, though? Why let him go? Why not take him? He's compromised the mission. Why not just take him as a prisoner? Because uh, I don't you think know? they want a chance on any noise he might make. Because after all, they got to move silently, and this guy can yeah, either possibly. tip them off by making noise, or simply the fact that he didn't know how to move as silently as they did, and they didn't want to have him along. They decided to let him go. I mean, I, I yeah. understand. Jonathan, look, when you make these decisions in the heat of combat, whether or not you're going to do a war crime or not, I, look, I can understand the team leader, Michael Mansour, I think his name was. I can understand why uh, uh, he would hesitate. I can understand it. Yeah. Especially well, given all the lawyers, all the JAG officers they had up there second-guessing every damn thing you do. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially that was during yeah. There was, what was that? That was the uh, that was the, let's see. That was um no. That was uh oh that was George Bush years. So I don't know. Yeah, right? that yeah, was George yeah. Bush. So I don't know. And, you know, man, everything you do, man. You know, they got you got second guess it, and they're liable. You know, they'll have to try to put you in a pick for twenty years. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but you know, but you know, I would like to say something about Memorial Day, Joe, if you'll let me. Yeah, go ahead. Now, I served with, with, uh, in three different call-ups. Well, I enlisted during the Vietnam era, and I went to Vietnam after I enlisted. I stayed in the National Guard after I got out of the Army, and I got called up for uh, the Gulf War and Operation Racket Freedom. Operation Gulf War, we were called up. We didn't go to the, the Gulf. We went to Germany where we were training and preparing the stage there as reinforcement, but the war was over in 100 hours, so they didn't need us. So we got home relatively quickly after the end of the war. And then after that, when I called up for Operation Iraqi Freedom, only one individual in my uh, battalion was killed during our deployment there. So thankfully it wasn't as bad as it could have been. And he died, by the way, in a a traffic accident. He was still a line of duty death, but, you know, still, you know, he died in traffic accidents, not as a result of enemy action, even though we did have several firefights. But... When I was with the 1st Brigade of the 5th Mechanized Infantry in Vietnam on the DMZ in Quang Tri Province, the unit was deployed there on 11th of April 1968 to June of 1971. It had about 528 men killed in action during that time period and about 2,300 or so wounded in action. Four were missing, and now they're presumed dead. And uh, the people I'd like to commemorate are the men that I served with some of these names I'm about to read are people I didn't know that well. Some I knew casually. Some were I was intimate with like brothers, and I loved them like brothers. And a couple of them who I didn't know that well but knew fairly well, uh, I would not be alive here talking today if it was not for the actions they did in keeping me alive, doing what they did to keep me alive. And when, when you talk about the the the... the Sacrifice people make in the line in the service, and I'm including everyone who dies in the line of duty. I mean everyone, because training for the fight, especially when it was hard, realistic training, and you get people that die, they get killed in gunfire accidents, or they you learn how to rappel down a cliff or climb a mountain, and you fall down a mountain, you get killed. 
Uh, one of the most dangerous activities in the armed forces is flying high-performance fighter jets. All kind of pilots get killed, training to be fighter pilots, things like this, sailors and whatnot. Those are all line-of-duty deaths. They deserve commemoration and remembrance, too. But when you're talking about people who die in battle, there's one particular aspect that I think is not remarked upon as often as it should be. It's not just the death, which, of course, is the worst part of it. Dying is pretty much the worst part that can happen. But it's all the misery and suffering you got to endure on the road to that end. I'm talking about you're out in the field. It's like a 100-degree heat, 100% humidity. You've got any number of diseases like malaria or dengue fever or dysentery or scrub typhus. You've got crotch rot. You've got, you know, blisters on your feet. You've got to hump all day long, 60, 80, 100 pounds on your back. Uh, if you're in Korea, somewhere like that, you've got to uh, deal with hypothermia. Or if you're in an unpressurized heavy bomber in World War II at 30,000 feet, no heat, no pressurization, you got 180-mile-an-hour winds coming through at 60 degrees below zero. That's the ambient temperature with 180-mile-an-hour winds coming through the open hatches and whatnot. If you're on a storm-tossed sea getting seasick or in the Mermansk run, the Archangel, you got to deal with the frostbite and the water all over the place, ice cold. And the, the, the sheer wow. awful day-to-day living misery you got to endure, just not even seeing enemy contact, just the climactic miseries and diseases and discomforts and being separated from your loved ones before you die. A lot of people don't even have any appreciation of that. And I like to, to emphasize that aspect of many of these people we're commemorating uh, today. And it's all part of what it is, what it means. We remember these men and these people on Memorial Day. And, the, and, and uh, I'd like to start off with, uh, you know, two people that were very dear to me. Uh, one of them is First Lieutenant Bruce Heskett. He was our artillery forward observer. And thanks to him, he kept uh, the steel target and the close air support and the artillery in uh, on a reinforced North Vietnamese battalion was trying to overrun us one night with one platoon of tanks and two platoons of mechanized infantry, and we were just about to get wiped out of Edinburgh. For him, keeping the fire coming, even though we were wounded, uh, my own personal friend, even though I didn't serve with him in combat, uh, I served with him at Fort Knox when I was assigned to Fort Knox as a tank gunner instructor after Vietnam. His name was Specialist Fifth Larry Downs. He was a helicopter uh, crew chief uh, crew chief and door gunner in Vietnam. He was on Operation Ranch Hand spraying that Agent Orange. We, I believe he got Agent Orange exposure, and he died subsequently of a brain tumor. Me and him started an auto repair shop together, and we're very close friends in Chicago. Uh, this is Private First Class Bernard Herman Bax, Specialist Fourth Samuel Alonzo Bensett, uh, Sergeant First Class Lester Earl Bummer, uh, Specialist Fourth Chris B. Cordova, uh, Private First Class Carl Dean Dixon, Specialist Fourth Thomas Hoyt Farmer, First Lieutenant James Kenneth Flannery, Specialist Fourth Eugene Marshall Frick, Sergeant Gordon Dwight Gardner, Corporal Terry Lee Gilpin, Sergeant First Class John Alton Herbert, Staff Sergeant Eugene Huggins, Private First Class Francis Keller, Corporal Glenn Errol Kelly, First Lieutenant Robert Burton Lacantis, Specialist Fourth John Eugene Lays, Sergeant First Class Albert Marcantle, 
Specialist Fourth William Joseph Martinez, Staff Sergeant Raymond Allen May, First Lieutenant Ted Owen McCandless, Corporal Gary McCullough, Staff Sergeant Jerry Lewis Ogren, Specialist Fourth Grover Cecil Pearson, Staff Sergeant Arthur Houston Price, Staff Sergeant Joseph Thomas Robertson, Sergeant William Howard Schaller, Sergeant First Class Roscoe Siebert, Corporal Billy Jean Wade, Private First Class Winston Charles Walker, and uh, all of these men, again, I knew them to varying degrees of intimacy and, you know, closeness, and uh, and there wasn't a one of them, though, that I can think of that I knew I couldn't rely on when the chips were down and wouldn't come to my aid or the aid of anyone else when it came to that. They were They lived, they died, and they loved, and they were separated from the loved ones, and they deserve to be remembered, and I hope everyone offers up a little bit of commemoration for them and discusses the meaning of this day, the real meaning of this day, as they enjoy the holiday as they should. Uh, I think these guys were worthy of it, and all the hundreds of thousands of others from uh, Lexington Concord in 1775 right up through operations in Afghanistan, and including that hideous withdrawal from Afghanistan, the 13 who died there, well, every single one of them deserves to be remembered and commemorated. That, that, Hope everyone that's great. Yeah, that's great. But, Sarge, I'm going to say that right now, the numbers, actually. The Revolutionary War, 4,000. 435 men uh, died. The War of 1812, 2,260. The Indian War is 1,000, is estimated. The Mexican War, 13,283. The Civil War, which uh, which was pretty bad, 498,332 Americans. Wow. Spanish War. 2,446. World War I, 116,516. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, World War II, 405,399. Korean War, 54,746. And they said the Vietnam War, all in total, total together, 90,220. And uh, they got the uh, Persian Gulf War, 1,565. And the uh, Global War on Terror, 6,852, which brings the total Americans uh, over 1.3 million Americans have lost their lives because of wars since uh, the uh, beginning of our country. One, I mean, that's over a million men uh, and women now, of course. But uh, I don't know. No, no, women in arms, I think, have died. Have they died in combat? Sorry. Uh, I don't, I don't yeah. Know. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, the numbers, of course, are not. You there, Sarge? I lost you, Sarge. I lost hey, you. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. I lost you, yeah. so you got disconnected. Hey, uh, I want to say, Quentin, I want to say something about the numbers there because there's one critical number that's never, ever mentioned. And the person I want to send my biggest, I don't even know how to say it, my father died from Agent Orange in Vietnam. 300,000. Oh, really? 300,000. American soldiers have died from exposure to Agent Orange from Vietnam. Wow, died That's afterwards, never talked yeah. About. Wow, yeah. Yes. I mean, to watch how that destroys a person because it just... It, Ate them up, huh? They, they say the key... Yes, they, you know, and it doesn't help that that was part of it, but then they, they would offer you the chemo, and I think the chemo does even worse. It doesn't do anything but speed up actual... 
it tears more of you up than anything. But I, it's just it's sad to me to think that the government still isn't recognizing Agent Orange because they are hands-on, knew what they were doing with it. Just like it's a, it's a gain-of-function thing to me. They know what the hell they're doing, and they continue to do it. You know, they want to put yeah. a lot of blame on people in other countries for weapons of mass destruction or chemical warfare when the sons of bitches in Dr. Fauci and these pricks that have never served their country or have any any reason to have anything to be proud about get to say and have them meet the the, the, the power in the in the, the platform to ruin yeah. lives like they do. It's it's, it's I, I, I wanna if I ever saw Dr. Fauci in person I, I'd love to give him a hug. <laughs> it'd be a real nice well, don't don't be, be old man go online threats yeah. here because they're listening. Trust well, me. <laughs> I would love to give them a ten finger hug, just perfectly right around the Adam's apple to tell him how much I really love him. Yeah, well, it's unbelievable. You know, and, uh, I just can't. Even, uh, I can't understand. Well, hang on real quick here. Also, though, uh, I want to say uh, also to the people out there that that you know obviously that are alive today, but also I want to say uh, the, the the supporter of the podcasting listener, Doctor Peter Ventura, uh, who's been on this show many times. He's uh, going, just recovering from uh, open heart surgery. There, he had a, a quadruple heart bypass surgery there uh, about uh, ten days ago, I think, eight days ago. So he's recovering, uh, and he's a Navy vet, and he's mayor, and his wife actually is. Uh, uh, I believe she was uh, for the VFW, uh, the uh, female commander actually, for the state in the state of uh, California. So, uh, so uh, they're uh, you know they're veterans and their service is obviously very important to us. So uh, let's uh, I got another caller here. Let's just put their hand up. So uh, mm-hmm. let's see who this is. Go ahead, there, caller. Yeah, it's me. I had a power failure and, uh, and the modem blocked oh. out. So, <laughs> so I'm calling yeah, back in now. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know where, where I was when everything went went black there. I understand. I understand. Anyway, yeah, well, it no, sounds it's like you are. Your phone is terrible. The Dave's phone is terrible. We can barely hear him. I mean, it just yeah, it sounds like it's really bad. It's really bad. But but you know, you were you were recounting those losses and all that. I just want to emphasize the fact that. Out of all the bloody battles the United States Armed Forces ever fought, that include Gettysburg, that include Iwo Jima, that include the Ardennes Offensive, which is number two in the bloodiest battles the United States yeah, Army yeah. Uh, Armed 26, Forces. 26,000, I think. Yeah, about almost 20,000 dead, if not counting wounded and captured. But the bloodiest single battle the United States Armed Forces ever fought was the news Argonne offensive from October of 1918 to right to the end of the war, November 11, 1918, and 26,785 Americans were killed in action in that battle. Yeah. Wow. That was the bloody single action the United States Armed Forces ever fought in. Imagine the PTSD they must have had when they, the people that survived that battle. Imagine. You know? The back then they called we called it shell shock back then, and it was they right. were just beginning to understand the implications of men that were continually exposed to shell fire for long periods of time, and they called that's why they called it shell shock because they had never been in a condition in warfare where men were continually exposed to relentless bombardment for weeks on end without let up almost. 
And that's when they first started to notice it. They started to treat people for it. And then later wow. it became battle fatigue. Later it became battle fatigue. Now they call it post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, yeah. Well, Vietnam. In Vietnam, they were throwing trash at the vets when they were getting off the plane and going, when they were going under the bridge in New York. There, they were throwing trash at them, spitting at them. Imagine that coming home from a war and being spat at. I mean, yeah, honestly, God, Joe. Honestly, God, Joe. I believe if somebody had done that to me when I was coming back, I would have killed somebody. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm just so glad that didn't happen to me. I, I think I would have killed somebody. Yeah. That's why my I mean, dad went for a second. So, you know, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it happened. But, you know, I mean, uh, it, let's, look, most of the people who did that were kind of extreme Bolsheviks and Marxists and that kind. I mean, even, yeah. even, even the people who didn't want us to be in Vietnam, Vietnam understood what the soldiers were going through, basically. And most of the people yeah. who opposed the war in Vietnam did not oppose it because they didn't think we should be there, even though a lot of them thought we shouldn't be there. They opposed it because they think we weren't fighting it to win it. You know, but look at the that country today. That's what most of the objection to the world was about. Yeah. But look at the country today, though. We have no voice. We opened up the show here talking about the, the prison terms handed down to the people on January 6th. And, and I want every single Republican candidate out there to pledge, to pledge that in their, when they're elected to presidency, the president of the uh, United States, no matter who it may be, that the first thing they do when they're in the Oval Office is they sign pardons for each and every single one of the people from January 6th that have been arrested and or sentenced or on probation or what have you pardon everybody everybody you know i i would i would hope that they would take that pledge and i'm putting it out there for that i want them to take that pledge well uh even though i think that the, the most of the people in uh in in, in washington dc gulags are political prisoners the overwhelming majority of them are I wouldn't give a blanket pardon for everyone of us. So some did engage in violent activities. A lot of them were probably prompted by the feds, too. Now, those yeah, were yeah. Well, there you go, yeah. Them. But some of them, you know, did commit violence. They did assault police. They did commit acts of vandalism. I don't think it would be appropriate to pardon them any more than it was for Bill Clinton to uh, give a pardon to those Puerto Rican insurrectionists who shot and wounded congressmen in the 1950s, remember? Yeah, those Puerto yeah, Rican yeah. terrorists who yeah, went into right. the Capitol about that, and shot it out with the Capitol Police and shot congressmen on the floor of Congress. Clinton wow. gave them a pardon. Remember? Wow. I wouldn't give yeah. them one. So, yeah. you know what I mean? But for most of them, absolutely. Most of them did nothing more than after being prompted by the Capitol Police, walk into the Capitol and aimlessly walk around taking selfies. You know what that is? When you When you... When you rely upon an authority figure with the authority to do so, who allows you to do something, invites you in, and later charges with your crime, that is called entrapment by estoppel. That's what that's called. That is literally entrapment by estoppel. I don't know why yeah. people aren't able to get off using that as a defense. 
Well, I want to know, where are the lawyers in this country? Where are they? Why are they not standing up to this, all this stuff that's creating bad case law in our country? Why are, what? Is there their names? They're so worried about ruining their names. And I want to talk about this, the next phase of the new world order that's being implemented. I'm going to play this right here real quick. This is a couple minutes long. But this is what's happening in your cities and towns. And this is what the next phase of the new world order is. Hopefully it comes out clear and, and we can hear this fine. But this is very important. This is happening right before our very eyes. Well, we got a rogue Department of Justice. I am here in Oxford, in Oxfordshire, where we see the first real examples of a 15-minute city being built around us. There's bollards that go up and down out of the street. There's low-traffic neighborhoods, LTNs, as they call them. And it's causing a big kerfuffle, I suppose you could say, because obviously the lead into the 15-minute cities is that, indeed, you won't be able to leave your neighborhood without permission and without credits and without your bank account, and they're just starting to really construct this around us, and it's becoming something that uh, is a hot-button issue for a lot of people, and most people, though, they actually have no idea this is even happening, and that's one of the things I find most interesting here. The taxi drivers know about it. Um, the average uh, person does not know about it, and of course, what better than a university town in order to start something like this? We're seeing it happen all across the UK. We're seeing all over Europe. We see hundreds of cities that are signing on, but Oxford is the first place that they're really putting it into action. So we're walking around, we're looking at some of the examples of it, and right now I'm just off of Crowley or Cowley Street um, in East Oxford, where it seems almost every side street has bollards on them stopping cars from going through. It's very interesting, so we're going to do some research here and see what we can bring you. All right. Now, what they're, what, they're, what they're going into here now, this is what they're saying. This is what we're seeing right now is that we already know about highway cameras up and everything, but they have these tolls now that are up to take the picture of your license plate, send you a ticket. Now, that's just the beginning of this. What they're doing is, is they're going to condense that and, and crunch it down into an area that's around your city and your borough or your municipality so that you're unable to leave that area because you won't have to because you're only going to have, you're going to have everything that to your need within. 15 minutes of your home. It's, it's going to be, I heard in larger states and larger counties, they're going to do it 30 minutes. But you won't be able to travel 15 to 30 minutes outside of your area any longer without having a special pass or special credit system. And, they, and, and this implements with the electric cars that they're going, because your electric car will not take a charge long enough to travel that far, you see? So... That's very interesting, and that really turned on a light bulb with me because these, these power stations are being erected all along the highways now across the United States and where you can charge up your electric car, and it's going to be a credit system. So they're going to know when people say, well, I'll just do charge up my car when I go there, and I'll just keep going. And what's the difference it's going to make? It will because your car will automatically shut off because they're going to tax you by the mile, and the credits that you're going to get will disallow you to travel further, you see. It, 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 it's really amazing if when the light bulb goes on and you and you read the documents and you watch the videos on this, I've, I've studied this the past uh, couple of weeks actually, a little bit at a time, and it's true, it's happening right here. They have the computers being set up at the DMVs right now. They have these charging stations, like I just told you, being set up. They have AI, all AI implemented um, uh, 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 past, past uh, electronic. Uh, 
check cards that you're going to be carrying around with you. It, it's, it's insane. I mean, it's just stuff that's really out of uh, 19, worse than 1984 could ever predict. I mean, uh, you won't, they're, it's, they're going to do away with air travel, believe it or not, only for certain uh, essential workers. And we saw during the lockdown, what did they call you? Essential workers, who we need only essential workers. Now, I remember during the lockdown, people said that we were locked down, but really we weren't. I mean, Sarge or Dave, I mean, uh, I was driving around freely, but uh, most of the population uh, uh, locked themselves down, but I was driving around anywhere I wanted. I mean, I kind of liked it in a way. It was, there was nobody on the road. <laughs> you know? I yeah, mean, well, you I, know, places like Georgia and your state didn't have much of that, but. Uh, look, it was the, the worst of the lockdowns happened in the blue cities in the blue state. All right? We, we're expecting tyrants. This is what they do. So, yeah. no, well, you and I lived, it wasn't that bad. In fact, Georgia was one of the first steps, states to almost completely open up completely. And I think well, you're in North Carolina, right? Yes. Well, they weren't far behind. So well, we had a Democratic governor. But, yeah, yeah, but there's no doubt about it. It was a test run. For what might come, ain't no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the masks, the face diapers were just crazy, and everybody's buying into it. You have no right to to come into a private store if they decide they want to put. No, your constitutional rights are never left at the door of any business. It doesn't matter if it's a private business. If you are serving the public and you are open to the public, then then it doesn't matter if you're a private business. If you're open to the public, you're not a private. You know, it's not a membership that you have to get into. You don't. Your rights don't work. I mean, you can assault somebody in there. Those rights, you know, I mean, come on. The, your rights are not left at the door. That's why I don't understand. People don't get that. Well, when the you government know, mandates it, yeah, when the government mandates it and makes it a mandate from the government without the, the, the normal uh, 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 epidemiological protocols that they always follow, there ain't never been no epidemic in the history of the United States where they quarantine everybody. Never. They would quarantine what selected you people. I mean, if, look, if you were, if, if lived in a home or residence with people who were infected, you might get quarantined in your house. They selectively quarantine individuals who are exposed to these diseases. They never issued a blanket quarantine to whole groups of population who are otherwise healthy. That has never happened before. Never. No, I know. And churches couldn't even have service. I never heard of something like that. But what do you think about that? Well, they never shut down. They never shut down. Things that will, uh, will help you raise your morale and keep you spiritually comforted, or things that would help you resist it, like staying in good physical condition, like in a gym, or anything like that. They never did anything like this. They shut my gym. Down. Down. I remember they shut my gym. Joe, 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 this was a test run for tyranny. That's what it was. Yeah, I know. I remember them closing my gym. I remember they closed it. And they only let it open certain days, and, 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 and certain people can come in. You had to have an odd number, this number. It was insane, but and you had to wear a mask. You're working out in a gym having to wear a mask. Do you know how unhealthy that is? What do you think about yeah, this governor? Yeah, I know. It's carbon dioxide over again. Yeah. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think about this governor down there in Florida changing the law so he could run for president? Totally unconstitutional. Hang on a minute, Joe. Hang on a minute, Joe. Uh, no, actually, no that, 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 that's, that's not unconstitutional uh, under the state system of Florida. And the, uh, the, the United States Constitution has nothing to say about it at all. That's a prerogative sure of the... Uh, 14th, Amendment. 14th Amendment, Section 3, Sarge. 
Wait a minute, which amendment is that? 14th Amendment, Section 3. Uh, that talks about the validity of the public debt incurred by uh, expenses during the Civil War. Hang on. That doesn't say anything about it being able to run for office. Dave, Dave uh, wants to say something. Only if you, only if you ever engage in insurrection against the United States, uh, that deals with that, too. But it doesn't say anything about being able to being eligible to run for office under any circumstance, at least not state level. All right, Dave, what do you want to say? Because we can barely hear you. How about now? Is it a little better? Yeah. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio, is going to be the first 15-minute city in the North Americas. You think so, huh? They're pushing for it. Oh, absolutely. They've, they've, it's, they've gone absolutely completely nuts over it. They think it's the best thing since sliced bread. Well, here here it is right here, Sarge. It's right here. It says, no person shall be senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or any uh, uh, state who havingly previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of the state legislator or an executive judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States. Shall have engaged in insurrection. Or, yeah, you talked about that, but we're talk, But that's a comma after that, Sarge. There's a comma. It's still, you know, the comma separates that paragraph there. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector or president or vice president to hold any office, civil or military, or having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or an officer, the United States, or as a member of any state legislature or an executive or judicial branch of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion. Con- well, all right, all right, I see what you're talking about, Sarge. Okay. Yeah, well, how would that right. apply to Ron DeSantis? <laughs> yeah, okay, I see what you're talking about. Okay, well, equal protection of other rights. I mean, so what's this guy yeah, talking I'm about? I'm just saying, no, I don't think that, like, that is a state matter for the state. So why do you change the law, then? Why do you change the law? Why do you change the law? I'm saying... No, the, see, the, the, we're dealing with what is eligibility to run for office in the state of Florida. That is completely a state matter for the state legislature to decide. Completely. Okay. They All right. Well, what about, the, what about the 22nd Amendment? What about now, the 22nd now, Amendment? Now, I, I can see you making an argument that it's corrupt by carving out an exception for Ron DeSantis. Now, I can see that argument. But to say it's unconstitutional, in no way it's unconstitutional if the legislature votes on it in open session. Well, hang on a second. What about, what about the 22nd Amendment, Section 1? No person shall be elected to the office of the president more than twice, and no person ha- who has held the office of president or acted as president for more than two years of a term to which the other person was elected shall be elected to the office of president more than once. But this article shall not apply to any person holding the office of president when this article was proposed by the Congress and shall not prevent any person may be holding the office by president or acting as president during a term which this article was... Blah, 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 all a bunch of garbage, gobbledygook yeah. nonsense. Again, none you of know? that pertains to any... State office whatsoever. I know, I know, I see that. I see that now. I mean, look, I, I'm saying, look, I understand why you're disturbed by the fact that the Florida legislature decided to carve out an exception, even though it doesn't say it. It doesn't say we're going to make this law just so Ron DeSantis can run, but that's the effect of it. I can understand yeah. why you're disturbed by them making a law like this under these circumstances, just so in case he loses, he can come back and be governor. But none of it yeah. is unconstitutional. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you if you're a resident of Florida and you're uncomfortable with them doing something like this, then you would vote out the legislators who voted for this. 
Yeah, 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 you're really right. That's really the only way to address it. Yeah. And by but, the way, you know, I mean, the we, and think about it for a minute, though, uh, 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 Joe. If we got to have somebody in office under circumstances like this, I mean, we could do it one hell of a lot worse than Ron DeSantis, couldn't we? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I don't like DeSantis. I don't like Florida. Florida's a police state. I hear nothing but bad things down there uh, about the way the police are. And I want to bring up a story, too, also. There's a prison. There's a prison. Oh, man, I forgot the name of that prison. I really like to call that prison. There's a prison in Georgia, your state, Sarge, that has the inmates running the prison. Running the prison. Yep. We got inside information from an inmate. I'm not going to say who, but we got a letter from an inmate that says that the white people in the prison are being used as sex slaves. The white people are being uh, 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 I forgot what else they said. Uh, I guess they're everybody. Oh, I guess they all the white people are adopted by a a, a black or Hispanic group or whatever, and they're used to uh, serve them at their needs. And I, that's what I heard. Um, I really wish I got a little more inside detail on that and related more. But there's there's apparently corruption so much that the gangs are running the prison, and there's only like four COs in the whole prison during uh, that are uh, op- that are operational roving around. Just to maybe keep counting, that's it. I What's up with that, Sarge? Uh, I've heard those rumors. I've been trying to find some information about it. Uh, I haven't been able to find it out yet. But as far as I know, those are those are things I haven't been able to verify. I can tell you this much, though. There's always a level of deal-making in order to keep the peace in jail with the gangs yeah, okay. who run the jail. I mean, I was very familiar with this in Cook County. <laughs> You know, Illinois. That 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 that, that um that's the, the, uh, the, the prison administration regularly makes arrangements with them in order to them to police themselves to some degree while they turn a blind eye to some of the criminal activities going on as long as they tamp the violence down. You know what I mean? Yeah, so we'll knowing that yeah, knowing that it wouldn't surprise me that this would be just a little bit of a step up from that sort of thing. So Again, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if something of it was true. Yeah, 1,800 inmates they have there, four prison guards. Great. And it's a dormitory now, which, style. Which, now, which, uh, a county, which, which county system are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about the uh, Wilcox State Prison. That's in Abbeville, 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 uh, Georgia. Okay. Oh, no, well, it's a state prison, so that's different. I, I thought you were talking about a county prison. No, this is a state prison, and uh, they have, uh, let's see, um, uh, let's see, boo, 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 boo. they got J-Pay there. Oh, wonderful, huh? Wilcox State Prison, actually, yeah, located one of their... Yeah, it's, you know, that's in Wilcox. That's in Wilcox County, Georgia, but it's a state prison. Yeah, what did you say? It's administered by the Georgia. It's administered by the Georgia Department of Corrections. Down there in Atlanta, when I got put in there for a minute, and I know exactly what Sergeant's all about with Cook County because I'm from St. Louis in that area out there. And I'm going to tell you right now, pay attention, people, because if you're dragging and sagging your pants, they say if you're sagging, you're fagging. And that's exactly what you're talking about, though, because that's how they broadcast to others in the jail that they're down for that. They're good. Come on. I'm, I'm ready. I'll be somebody's little girl. You know, that's it. But I have yeah. heard a huge – but here's the thing. Think yeah. about this. 
That, that, that was the origin of that fashion. That's how that fashion got started, man, you know, in the jail. Yeah. You know, guys who were, guys who were uh, subject to uh, uh, being a queen would sag their yeah. pants to show that that's what they were, uh, you know, amenable to. You know, imagine being a corrections officer. I'm just talking in the local to. jail, and all the local jails are so overpopulated, it's unbelievable. You have maybe, let's call it first shift maybe, 10 to 15 people. 10, 15, we can count them on two hands someplace. It depends how big your city is. To 1,000, 500? Well, well this is the pop problem, though. They got them in the prison. They got them Yeah, them. but you got these people. But hang on. You, these, these men are coming back out into society. And, you know, these are the people that are going to rob you, Sarge. These are the people that are going to, you know, rob, rob you at the gas station. <laughs> The one job you know, in law enforcement I would never consider doing, the one job I would never even consider doing in law enforcement is being a correctional officer. That's got to be the worst of the worst. I'll take him to that jail, yeah. drop him off, and leave him there. But watching over him 24 hours a day is something I would not have the temperament for. I simply could not do. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, yeah, I mean. Supermax in Colorado, how they run the shoe there. I can't. The most deadly people in the world. And you have a guy that's inside a little – it looks like a uh, – I used to have a Kodak photo booth, and you could pull up and develop your photos. That's, I'm getting old. I'm 50 now. Don't laugh at me either, Sarge. So now <laughs> you got a guy – Well, I got one up on you. <laughs> pushing buttons, open the door here, and he's in control of the whole shooting match. And when they take over that place – because, I mean, I've watched several different prison riots and seen how these guys, how they act. They make alliances prior to anything ever happening, but you can't tell yeah. me that, that whole facility isn't run by the criminals. You can't look at look at the Mexican look at the uh, look at the now, now you you were yeah now you were referring to the segregated housing unit right yes yes yeah and yeah no, I know how the general, things work up in there yeah, yeah. not the general pop because you know there's but the, here's the thing. Who's the guy that's going to get loose and then go push the button to let all the nutcases out, all the bad ones out of that segregated unit? Is he, he's going to get the handshake and then he's going to get uh, shivved. But I can't believe people think that that's a, a contained facility. Now you take the people that are putting them in there today, supposed to be, they're not even putting them in there anymore because they filled up with every low, low tolerance, low little things they can fill up the jail so they can keep the criminals out. That's been going on. People want to say, oh, they're just letting these criminals go because it's overcrowded. They want to legalize marijuana because that's, you know, misdemeanor. Listen, if it's a law and you break it and you go to jail, you do it the time. But I don't understand how people can think that letting someone that commits a murder, like they were doing in Chicago, right in Cook County. Right, Sarge? Wasn't that what they were talking about? Having the actual purge, I think it was just past uh, January, that they were going to turn loose five different sets of felons. There were violent offenders, rapists, uh, carjackers. Just turn them loose because they want to cut the population down in the prisons. Well, we got that. We got that. Hey, remember that guy that was calling in? Sorry to the show. That, that guy, New Orleans. That guy, Warren guy, brother Warren. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. He's got a yep. show on right now. He's got a show on Blog Talk right now. I wish somebody would give me the number and I'd call it. I'd call a show right now. <laughs> Live uh, on the podcast. Nice. 
Uh, it might be a rerun of another show. I think it's, it's called. No, he said he was going to be live. I think. I think he's no, he's live right now. He's live. Is he live right yep. now. Yeah. The is we got you guys. Honestly, we want to try and figure out how to solve these problems with our our politicians and everything. Vote them out and this and that. Joe always brings up the fact, you know, what happens if we uh, shut everything down and you talk about the trash and everything going on? The problem with the system is. You've got people that are in power that we know politically we were supposedly elect. They turn their backs on us, and they stay in power. But the problem is they actually have more pool to have people in place, put in positions, create jobs like uh, – let's just talk about the bedding that you use in a, in a jail or the food, the people that make the, the trays, the toilet paper, the different dispensaries, the different things that go on in jail you never would think about. But they employ so many people because a corrupt system just keeps getting more corrupt, bigger and bigger. And these politicians understand that you just can't shut a jail down, turn everybody loose, because you've got to employ everybody else that's underneath that. So you're talking about judges, prosecutors, you know. And I hate to say this, there's a lot of people that think that the, the reason that they're blowing up Ukraine is because they're going to build a new Jerusalem and all this and everything's going to go all crazy like that. They have a statement out through the uh, – what's the name of that defamation league? AD, ADL? Yeah. These people are now saying that they are so pissed off that they cannot get enough people to go to school, college, and get a job anywhere except here. That's what this – that's their theory on this. We're going to move forward to a – you know, they, listen, the job market is, is, is empty out there. Listen, the problem is, is they, the restrictions of finding a job. The, the restrictions of finding a job. It's the college students getting out that they're so pissed off they can't find no jobs. Now, they're, they're running that. Now, you have Congress that's out on vacation. That's not true, though. It's not, I'm telling you it's not true. It's not, totally false. I'm, no, I've, I've been out in the job market looking for work, and that what it is is they make you go through so much hassle. To, you have to do a drug test. You've got to go to onboarding. You've got to do an online test, and then you've got to submit your background some information. Then you've got to fill out the application. Yeah. Then you've got to go to orientation. It's, that's what, And yeah. it's a two-week yeah. process. With this whole thing from the pandemic where everybody got to sit at home and do their work-at-home stuff, now you've got the president's cabinet saying, we believe in that. We believe that the people shouldn't have to actually go to the – if you're a roofer, how in the hell are you not going to go put a goddamn roof on? My God. Yeah. How are you not going to well, do these It's like that. But they're, well, they're let's, okay let's, with well, let me play this here by Alex Jones here real quick. And, uh, it's about five minutes long. And if anybody can get that number to that show, I'll call his show live because uh, we can, then we can get, a, the, get him going because I don't have too many callers on the line here tonight. So, But uh, let me get play this here real I got quick. a number for you. Oh, oh, hang on. He's What's the... that, Sarge? You got the, you got the number? Uh, yeah, I got a number, boy. All right. Hang on. Let me get a pen here. Let me know when you got Let me be ready. Hey, I thought, hey, wait a minute. Don't, I'm going to ask you a question real quick while you're at the call. Didn't that uh, Janet Yellen, the woman's supposed to be uh, bankrupt and go, fall, go into default by June 1st? Mm, that's what they say. Okay, now hang on one second. Okay. Let's think about this while this, this little thing's playing. Well, by the way, Joe, you've only got about uh, he's only got seven minutes left if he's live. I don't know if he is or oh, not. Really? The, number, the number is 516-387-1933. Okay. All right, let's give him a call and see what happens here. Think about this while this plays. 
If that lady told us June 1st was a deadline for this country to be bankrupt and go into default, if she's running the show, how did she make a mishap and add four days to it? Now, that's her job. Get her ass out of there. Let's play the clip, buddy. Nobody's getting out of there. I hear you that. But <laughs> let me see. Hang on. Hang on. Let me call this number here. All right. Let's call. This is a block talk show. Let's see if he passes me through. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please hold and you will be able to listen to the show. music so okay let me play this here by alice jones <laughs> you were right sir he was wrapping it up let's play this here about the new world order he's the t-rex of political talk alex jones on the gcn radio network chuck norris joining us in the next hour to talk about the global government takeover taking place right now in copenhagen denmark the takeover of health care so we're all beholden to the government Making us dependent on them. That's happening as well right now. They're breaking it all down with Chuck Norris. You know, I forgot he was good friends with Steve McQueen. I'm a Steve McQueen fan. Maybe I'll ask him to tell us a Bruce Lee or Steve McQueen story. Chuck Norris scheduled uh, to be joining us in the second hour today. And then we do have uh, Christopher Horner joining us, a senior fellow at the CEI, competitive Enterprise Institute. Uh, he's uh, exposing what's happening over in Copenhagen. He wrote Red Hot Lies, How Global Warming Alarmists Use Threats, Fraud, and Deception to Keep You Misinformed. And uh, then we also have Dr. Niles Axel Morner joining us. He's over in Copenhagen. Breaking down the fraud taking place as we continue to track one of the most important conferences in modern history. Well, the U.N. says it's the most important, and I agree with them. If they're able to ram this through, this is open establishment of total private, unelected banking government. I mean, this we are actual profit of private bankers pretty much already. By the way, I have a RAND Corporation uh, report here in front of me. I saw this on the LRC blog by William Gregg. And, and I actually read most of the 190-something page PDF this weekend, and it was very painful to read. It just confirms everything we already knew. But uh, the police are already being totally federalized. The U.S. Army is going to operate through the Pentagon a domestic military force called the... Like, let me just read to you the actual... Uh, A stability police force for the United States, justification, and options for creating U.S. capabilities. And it says that a uh, Pentagon-run police force will run all the local police departments. Actually says it. Uh, now, again, they propose it years after it's already in place. That's why they're putting Pentagon liaisons in all the departments and CIA liaisons in the threat fusion centers. I mean, this is so illegal. So dangerous, so un-American. This isn't a red flag. This is a red volcano erupting. I mean, this is run for the hills bad. This is worse than North Korea, worse than Mexico, 
worse than communist China. I mean, this is complete federal death squads. <laughs> and they state it's for the U.S. collapsing. See, the bankers are going to collapse everything. And a lot of people are only going to serve the government with that much more glee. A lot of people, as the tyranny intensifies through cowardice, will actually serve it and vitriolically praise it and convince themselves that they like it and that it's good. While even at a conscious level, knowing they're just cowards and they're scared to death of it. Very few times in my life have I experienced just the edge of that psychological phenomenon and then recoiled from it from my very core of, of, of being a sentient human being. But that's what George Arwell talks about with Crime Stop and Double Think in 1984 how people instantly see corruption, instantly see oppression, instantly see hypocrisy and tyranny and degradation, and then just spin it in their own minds that it's a good thing so they can feel like they're part of the system and have power over it. Because deep down they are so deathly afraid of it. They think by laughing and smiling and, 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 and giggling and, 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 and having kind of an arrogant, haughty attitude that it gives them control over it. Just know this. Everything being set up by private Fortune 100 corporations, everything being set up by our criminal, illegitimate government, everything being set up by the U.N., Everything being pushed is a unified global agenda on record that is a 180 degrees the opposite of not just our Bill of Rights, Constitution, Declaration of Independence, but the Magna Carta, the Geneva Convention, the Ten Commandments. I mean, any moral yardstick by any angle, whether it be sociological, psychological, from the angle of anthropology. If we were a civilization a hundred years in the future, looking back on this time, it would, it would clearly be stated this was a time of just absolute propaganda, mass drugging of the public, brainwashing, and tyranny. Going on in front of everyone, just, just outrageous crimes that the illegitimate global government practices and sets precedence to do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want, with the media culture marinating the public mind in torture and abuse and slavery and degradation and humiliation and tyranny and packaging it in a sicky sweet envelope of we're the good guys, we're the good people, we're saving the world. And it's only going to get worse. I mean, we we have just begun the plunge. We just went off the cliff. When you hit the bottom, when all of us hit the bottom, 
in the years to come, when we bounce on those rocks at the bottom, it is not going to look good. It is not going to feel good. Okay, right now we're just falling off the side. And a few of us are got our bloody fingernails into the side sliding down, just hopefully trying to find some purchase, hoping to find some place to grab hold. And spiritually obese and decadent people are hanging off of our legs, pulling on us, screaming, let go, let go, you're keeping us from heaven. And so don't worry, they're going to get what they want. <laughs> We're going to hit bottom. <laughs> and they're so brainwashed, so drugged out, so stupid, so cowardly. They've been brought through successive programs of intensifying corruption, accepting corruption, accepting lies, that now they believe lies and evil are good and that good is bad. And so many people are going to love the tyranny. They're very childlike, very dog-like. It's like taking an old dog out that's got cancer, and you don't want to take it into the vet to have them put it down that way. You know, that actually scares them worse. They can smell the death in there. So you just walk them back on the back 40. You've already got their grave dug. You pat them a little bit on the head and stick the 243 rifle butt to the side of their face and smile at them and tell them you love them and pull the trigger. But instead, the new order doesn't love us. It enjoys putting a bullet in our head. But we're just like the dog, though, lovingly having no idea. You ever watch the footage of the Soviets and the Nazis running people they were going to execute into shallow grave pits? And they run one group of men in, and they dutifully bow to the soldiers as they run by, submissively with their hat in their hand, and, and, and show them how, how they run quickly and step over the dead bodies. And, and, and you Because know, all they want is the approval of the authority figure, the uniform. They want the approval. Oh, blow my head off. Ooh, you're wearing fancy black boots. You've got little fancy, fancy buttons on your caps like a king's crown. Blow my brains out. I'm not going to run by you and grab you by the throat and try to rip your nose off. No, I'm not going to have any humanity to fight back. I'm going to run down into the pit. And that's what America is. You know, you look at those people in Europe and call them cowards. No, it's the peer pressure. Ninety percent of Americans would run their children into pits to have their heads blown off and would thank the officers who did it because they worship it. You want to live in a police state, you do. Drive down the road. Half the billboards I see are government admonishments. The government's the mommy, the daddy. It's bossing you. Spy on your neighbors. Don't abuse children. Do you, don't smoke pot. Oh, do you have a gun? Oh, did you? There's an old lady missing because the government, it's the one that cares. It's the one that tells you about the old lady missing. Just all the message that they're the good guys. And you watch shows like Cops. Everyone's a white trash scum. Everyone's got drool coming out of their mouth and missing teeth. Everyone's guilty, and the cops are in fancy uniforms and all have their stuff together. And the image is the public's all a bunch of scum, and the police are God, and only they will save us. You know what happens in cultures where the police are worshipped? You die. You become slaves. <laughs> but you don't want to face that, do you? You just want to be throttled by government owned by big corporations, and don't worry, you are. 
They're going to take everything you've got. And they're going to take your sons' and daughters' minds. They're going to come home and preach at you about the global government and the carbon tax and rebuke you over your firearms or rebuke you when you try to discipline them. And they'll scream and beg to come home after the CPS takes them. But that won't matter because the news will never warn the other kids. And it will go on and on and on, being trampled on by tyrants. But don't worry, in this new system, you're going to get to trample people, though, when you spy on your neighbors and cattle. You won't care if you get trampled on as long as you can trample on somebody, too, because that's all that really matters to you. You know, I keep giving a decade-old number. I'm sorry. It's 60 million abortions because they're not humans, and neither are you. All right. Now you think, there you go. How correct is that? I mean, I, I look at my own life, and I see it in the mirror when he says those things. My neighbor snitched me out to the code enforcement officer. I had the code enforcement officer at my door. At my door. I said, yeah, well, he left his card. He left his card. Yeah, you know, I, said, I still got it right here. I got it pinned up here on the wall. I, saw, I, I was, I, I was going to throw darts at it last night. But, you know, right here, Rockingham County, Bryson Wall, code enforcement division. Right? And it's got the number underneath there, 336-342-8300. I call it. If you want coding, if you want this, if you want that, if you've been a bad boy and you need to be spanked, press 2. You know? And then, so I, I, I call him. I say, hey, you left a card in my door. He goes, well, he goes, uh, who am I speaking to? Are you the property owner? None of your business. I'm calling you. I'm asking the questions, I said. What were you doing on my property? What did you leave your card for? And he didn't know. He, and he stepped back. He took it back for a second. Well, I got, you know, like, like, well, huh? This slave is talking back to me? You know? And he goes, well, your yard's a mess. We got a complaint. I said, well, who complained? He goes, I can't tell you that information. I said, what is this, Nazi Germany? I can't face my accuser? I said, I want to know who complained. You know? You know? He goes, he goes well, they filled it out online for him, blah, blah, blah. They didn't give their name. You know? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I already know it's my next door neighbor. Cause he told me he was going to complain. Because I got a burn pile over here. I burn. I'm a, I'm a landscaper. I burn brush. I burn stuff. You know, I bring home a lot of stuff from people's customers' yards. I have 40 acres of woods in my backyard. You know, too bad. You know, I, I, I got a steel. I got a 50-gallon drum out here. I throw stuff in it and I burn on the weekends. They don't like that. My neighbor doesn't like that. You know, so uh, so anyway, you know, and I asked my neighbor. I said, "You mind if I put the burn pile here?" I asked him this a few years ago. I said, "You mind?" Oh no, no, no problem, no problem. I don't know what happened. I guess he went cuckoo, or maybe he thinks, yeah, maybe maybe he's been programmed by the system. You know, I shouldn't be burning. I'm not allowed. You know, so you know, so so anyways, you go, you got to clean up that burn pile there, sir. You know, and you're fine. So you got to find seventy five. He fined me seventy five dollars. This guy he came on my property without a search warrant. He violated my Fourth Amendment rights, and he's going to fine me seventy five dollars. I didn't get to that part of it. Cause I was so pissed off as soon as he said that. You know, you know, how about I fine you $10,000 for violating my Fourth Amendment rights? What right did you have to search my property while I was not home? Who gave you that right to enter onto my property? Now, if you were just coming and knocking on the door, you left fine. But what gave you that right to inspect my property? You inspected my property? That's what he said. Inspected my property. It's not your property. I know it's not. I'm a slave. You got a person number, don't you? I'm a slave. You got a parcel number? I get, yeah, and I and I have to pay tax to the king every year. I know. It's not your so, property. You stole it from the Indians. What's the matter with you? 
<laughs> I was waiting for you to say that, George. Hold on a minute here, because my great-great-grandfather was Cherokee Indian. Let's simmer down a minute. Yeah, well, well, you know, yeah, I, you I, know I, well, you know, it, hey, it's, 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 and, that, and that's the deal here, and that's what it is. We're, we are slaves to this, this, this evil, corrupt empire. And, and, and again, what right did he have to come on my property and inspect it while I wasn't there? Okay. He got a complaint. Because you have a parcel. You don't have a property. You don't own the property. You can own your house. You don't own the property. When you pay for a parcel or a lot number, it's just like you with your birth certificate and your social security number. The same identical thing because you are under the British crown. You're on your you're entities. That's it. They own Yeah, the those legalese and legal legal stuff. I don't really want to like to get into that sovereign stuff because, you know, I get it and everything with all capital letters and the birth certificate. And, yeah, it's on banking paper. Okay, that's yeah. But, but I don't think there's any secret bank accounts with my name on it. You know what I mean? No, no I don't think that either. I don't think that either. But I can guarantee you one thing. The British Acquired Registry, the bond, hey, they put I got one. one I got somebody in the chat room here who says, uh, they says, Western civilization, white world. Supremacy rule is coming to an end. China represents the non-white people of the planet, and the BRICS nation mm. represent the vast majority of the planet. Go, China, go. So, uh, I mean, uh, hey, hey, I love it, right, man. But... Don't you? Hey, hey, wait a minute. I love it, man. He's showing his Marxist allegiances. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Then, I mean, he's anti-American. Me, hey, you just making things up about me. You know, I'm not a Marxist. I, uh, no, actually, he doesn't say that. He just disregards it. He knows he's a Marxist. He just disregards it. I called it into a show. I called into a show. Now he's proudly proclaiming his allegiance to the Communist Chinese Party. Yeah, I called wow. into a show, but it was, he was You he go, was boy. You go, boy. You go, boy. You got to be able to do a job in Congress, then. You got to be able to drive a car for one of our congressmen. Uh, <laughs> I love it. He's <laughs> <laughs> kicking. You don't even have to wait a lot. Oh, hey, hey, at least you know what side. Hey, wait a minute. At least you know what side of the battle line he's on. I mean, he's, he's, yeah. he's waving his flag. It's out there for you to see. Well, I yeah. want to know what he means well, by this. He's really a Marxist. He supports Marxism in China. I mean, he well, can call he, in if he wants China, to. China's actually kind of a an amalgam of a Marxist fascist state. It's not strictly communist in the sense that it used to be. It's kind of like a well, fascist. Yeah, Marxist he says thank you. He well, he says thank you to. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. He says thank you to all Marxists and socialists who stood in solidarity. With the black struggle against American conservatives. Yeah, I'm not, not lying. I'm not lying. I don't want to tell no lies about what he believes, but I believe based upon what I know about him and what he said, that's not the Democratic Party that was the Klan. The Democrats yeah, were the Klan. Solidarity. He's in, he's in solidarity with Marxists and Socialists because he says yeah. they contributed to the liberation of black people. That's what he believes. Okay, good. That's not true. I'm glad he fought. I'm glad. That he forthrightly expressed this point of view. Oh, uh, he might be on the. I mean, he might have called in here, so let's give him the floor. Let's not, not talk over him. Let's give him the floor. Right, I'm gonna try to shut up. I'm, I'm gonna try All to right. shut up, Doc. I promise. I'm gonna try to shut up. Okay. All right. Let All right. Go ahead, private caller. Greetings, greetings, everybody. This is Brother Warren, host of the New Orleans Week Up Show, probably the, the most hottest and well-informed show on Blog Talk Sphere here. Greetings. How you doing? Okay. Could please explain your your belief pattern here. 
Well, what I was saying was I did a show uh, called uh, – the title was something about what we need to learn from the new superpower, China. Within one lifetime, China has gone from being one of the poorest nations in the world to one of the most highly developed technological nations in the world. That's what all countries want. That's a massive achievement. China lifted Mm -hmm. 800 million people out of poverty since the 1970s. That's a hell of a contribution Mm -hmm. to world humanity. The fear against China, the fear against China is China. See how China was taken from poverty up through and made to be a, a decent group of people and actually saved a lot of people. But you won't talk about the Homolador or the 100 million that were slaughtered and killed. But you want to talk about how China's making an upright and they're making something? Oh, absolutely. With the benefit of the United States president and the rest of his goddamn cabinet, you idiot. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, I, let him respond. Let him respond. I, I, I also want to say that the fear of China is because China is a testament to the myth that whites are superior and that their government no. and that their economics is superior. And China is smashing that myth, and that's where the fear and anger is coming from. Communism. They're oh communists. God. They're believing communism. Mm. Do you know what that so, means? So what? So so communism ain't doing me nothing. I would never become uh, a communist. And my family would never. None of my, none of my relatives. None of my relatives in this country. fascism and communism. Are you a spokesman for TikTok? The fascism. The fascism is being done by conservatives by banning books. Removing elements of history from curriculum, that's fascism. It is. Over the last time, you could get an unvulgarized copy of Tom Sawyer or Huck Finn in any public school in a blue state. Right. Right. Answer me that. Riddle me that, Brother Warren. You're going to condone? You're going to condone the I, I know. You won't give me an answer. Just move on to the next thing. I, I can't yep. speak. I can't speak with three. I can't speak with three or four people. Yeah, hang on, hang on. Let him, let him, let him answer the question. Hang on, Sarge. Ask him a question and then let him respond without anybody all talking over him. Sarge, okay, ask my him the question, question is: When, where, in most blue cities and blue states, in public education run by them, can you get an unbolderized version of Tom Sawyer or Huck Finn if you can get it at all? I saw it. I saw it at Barnes and Nobles just the other day on the shelf. I saw several copies of un. You didn't answer my question. You didn't see. You just completely ignored my question. I said in public schools. Where they do these kind of things, where they ban certain books because they think the language is inappropriate and offensive to certain groups of people. Now, I ask the question again, specifically, where in a blue city or state with a blue-run, progressive, Marxist, Democrat public school system can you get an unedited version of Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn if you can get it at all? I'm sure you can get it in several places. I think you're exaggerating, and you're being a little hyperbolic there. I think that uh, the reality so is that you don't know of any place. Your ideological group, 
is participating in open uh, censorship. That's the reality. You're caught red-handed, sir. Your group is caught okay, red-handed. Okay, okay, okay. Well, All right, what's the, what are we censoring? Very, what are we censoring and where? Hang on. What are we censoring and where? Very closely. Let's examine that really closely, shall we? Uh, that, the kind of book banning you're talking about is where a school system in its function has local parentis for children in school in conjunction with the parents and the boards of education decide what reading material is appropriate for the students in their care, rightly or wrongly. They get to make that decision. It's not censorship. The school boards have been doing it for decades, if not hundreds of years. Well, not hundreds. They didn't have public school that long. But as long as they had public school in the United States, school boards have been doing that. It's nothing new. Children don't have the same First Amendment rights as do adults. So the censorship you're speaking about is selective and aimed for what is appropriate for students. Yeah. Let me say something about this. All right, let him say answer. Let him answer. Since you despise America so badly and everything about America and its whiteness and everything's racist and you finally figured it out, do me a favor. Go to China. Take all your shit and go to China. Post up over there while they build a coal-burning facility every day for more concrete for more people just like you that deserve to be over there because you sure as the hell aren't American and you don't fucking belong here. Now, I'm sorry about my French, but you know what? You people are the problem. You suck. Okay, all right. You you've insulted them and 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 did your due diligence no, there, but no, but 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 all right. It's okay. It's okay. No, I I agree with you, but let's, let's, let's we don't let's not. I don't want to keep insulting them though. Um, I want the facts. No, I want to know. I want to learn. You're not going to tell me it's okay for children. I don't care what race, whatever gender you are. Children are not to be submitted to the kind of things that you think is okay by anybody. Now, that anybody who believes that had something wrong in their mind and they need an institution or they need someone in the institution to give them something real nice to think about. But this is the Democratic Party, though, Tave. The Democratic Party believes this, though. We know this already. Yeah, they they love to speak in bumper sticker slogans and to try to nail them on the specifics. Like he just got through saying generally with a kind of generalistic dismissive attitude that, you know, uh, conservatives are engaging in book censorship. And the, uh, the only thing that even approximates that, and it isn't censorship, is the selective nature of deciding what books are suitable for grade school children in high school and elementary school. That is something that traditionally has always been done by public education. And now he's acting like it's something unusual when they seek to introduce sexually degenerate literature, and I will read from you the passages of some of this so-called literature that is being eliminated from these students. And you know the worst part about it? You're not even talking about high school kids that are being taught this stuff because the kids coming out of high school today under this guy's belief system and the people like him can't even read and write their own name. That's the problem. Well, yeah, the schools are war zones. They are war zones. And, and all these yeah, democratic exactly. policies. It's amazing, man. I'm telling you, everything that should be down is up. Everything should be up is up. Before the famous presidential candidate from the year 2000. I mean, they are literally inverting reality and truth in everything we see. 
prioritize one thing at a time, and you go from one objective to the next. All right, Dave. Dave, go ahead. In the certificate that you receive for a college education to teach children is specified. So if you take it, get something in math, you get something in history, if you get something in English, that does not give you the right because you want to dye your hair purple and you want to join this Fruit Loop Society to change the fact that you went to school for something because half of them, that is what's going on. They got their piece of paper to hang on the wall that don't mean nothing. It's toilet paper because they think that they can tell children whatever they want. Whatever this agenda is, but you've got, you've got a point. They are in bed with media and the politicians. Now, let's call it what it is. Let's not be around this bush and bullshit this anymore. These are the true anti-Semitic people that speak illy of patriots and any other way that doesn't believe in their God in Judaism, the people that own the media, the people that are with the Rothschilds and the banking that spit on Jesus that far back are the same people in a bloodline and the same beliefs as a cult society that think this shit's okay. And that's what nobody wants to call out. Well, I'm calling out because if it happens in my neighborhood or to my nieces, you'll hear about it in the news, and it'll be bad. And that's what needs to happen because these people are sick-minded. You can't tell children three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten years old that they can lop off their wee-wee get a, or lop them off lobotomy or go back in the back of the classroom and piss in a litter box because you want to be a cat today. No, you're a boy okay. or you're a girl. And that's why I right. yield on that. All right. now, okay, I, I like well. to say this. I like to say this, uh, that, that the schools and the libraries are low-hanging fruit for Republican politicians. You know, it remind me of the movie. You guys may be too young to remember a movie called Harper Valley TTA. It was based off a true story about a lady who ran a brothel in a small town, and people knew who she was, and the school board was coming down hard on her for something, and she was able to whitemail every single board member because they, they participated with her prostitutes and everything. That's what Ron DeSantis, Trump, and all these people are. They're Harper Valley PTA no, school board stop. members who whoremonger and sin, and yet they use this image of Christianity and virtues as a cover, but they're all in bed with corporate capitalists entities, and they're not going to challenge them. And that's why Ron DeSantis won't make the Republican nomination because of his challenging, his challenging of Disney World and all of that. Those corporations do not like that as a precedent. So I'm just letting you all know what the re- real deal is. Okay. All so right. Now go ahead now. Start your tape. Go. Your, comparison, your comparison is adult, <laughs> adult, 18 and over, is the same thing as transgender people or teachers indoctrinating kids that don't even have the ability to drive a vehicle yet or let alone make a decision or how to write their name, but they can tell them what sex they can be or not to listen to their parents. That's what you just said. You exactly compared it to the same two that it's the same thing. 
Are you, are you, have you lost all of your mind? Why don't you take the concept that a young mind learns? When you indoctrinate sickness or pornographic things, that's what stays in their head. That's your people's agenda to let that run through till they're of age, of the same people that you're saying that are sick now, because there's not as many of them. There are a lot of them. Not all of them. Hey, there are sick people. But you're going to tell me you're going to compare, compare someone that's a prostitute as a school teacher on her own time out of school doing stuff with men, grown-age men, is comparable to a teacher that's supposed to teach children how to read and write. Well, the, the, and, and the, the, the issue here, the issue, sir, the issue, sir, is hypocrisy. The issue is hypocrisy. <laughs> if you're telling me, if you're telling me not to eat pork, if you're yeah, telling yeah, me yeah, that man. pork is bad, hold on, let me finish my analogy. If you're telling me not to eat pork because because pork is bad for your health, but you're staying up there with a pork chop sandwich, that's hypocrisy. Okay. Now, Sarge, what do you think about Marjorie Green Taylor's old man? has been revealed with cross-dressing. Isn't that hypocrisy, Charles? Is he an adult? First of all, get, look, look, let me answer that question. First of all, I don't know whether that allegation is true or not. Let's say for the sake of argument that it is, that he is cross-dressing. Now, I thought that uh, uh, Democrats were all for staying out of people's bedrooms. And if it is, is he advocating that cross-dressing be accepted within schools and people, uh, and that it be accepted as normal behavior throughout, and everybody ought to welcome a cross-dresser into their home and tell them that it should be extolled and elevated as that which you, Look, it's none of my business what he does. But isn't it hypocrisy, Sarge? Isn't it hypocrisy? You ask me a question, I'm going to answer it. No, but you're not, you're not addressing the issue of hypocrisy. It's not hypocrisy unless, unless... You are telling someone not to do what you are doing. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Wait a minute. According to your side of the aisle, it's simply a matter of personal preferences. But having said that, having said that, unless he is going to advocate for it, on a legal basis or some other basis, I would at that point call it uh, uh, hypocrisy. Otherwise, I don't care. I don't care at all. Any more than what transgenders do as long as they're not trying to force it on children. Exactly. Sorry. It's it's hypocrisy when you... It's hypocrisy. I'm not going to change it. Sir, what you're talking about, your belief is Judaism the Noahide laws, where they believe that at this ripe age of three years old, you can sleep with a young girl because her hymen, after you sleep with her, will heal. And you can also sodomize a young man up until the age of eight years old because then you won't get fined. That is exactly the belief system through Judaism and the people that we're talking about, the Noahide laws that every president has signed into order Jimmy Carter, sir, sir, what up. you do in your privacy, you your own home, I got no, I got no, I, I have nothing to do with that. What you do in your privacy, your own home. What I'm saying here, I'm going to tell you this. Well, it sounds me like you got in trouble with Marjorie Taylor Greene's husband. No, what I'm saying is Marjorie Taylor Greene is a hypocrite. She's 
revealing her political career off the condemnation of, I guess, those drag queens, right? But yet her old man has participated in drag himself. That's hypocrisy. That's caught red-handed. That's like like you catching Barney Fife and Aunt Big Kitchen eating her pickles out the pickle jar. Okay, okay. Let's get one thing straight about drag shows. Drag, drag as a tradition, going back to the Shakespearean era, when women were not allowed to be actors in public plays and at theater. So men would go into drag to play women's parts. Drag was part of prisoner of war shows when they were prisoners of wars and Stalags in Germany, when people would adopt women's costumes and do burlesque. Burlesque as a tradition of drag shows. Milton Bull, the famous comedian, did drag. I mean, so did, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the, what, the, the black guy. Uh, 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 it was There is a huge difference between the burlesque tradition and what we're seeing in the drag shows, which what are nothing more than grooming sessions for young people. With a I don't know where, I don't know, you're always telling me I don't know anything about history, but it seems to me as though you don't know anything you're about bending, history. You're bending over backwards, backwards. Sarge, Sarge, you're bending over backwards, no pun intended, to defend the hypocrisy of Marjorie Teller Green uh, and her old man. See, and what you're doing is ignoring the particular character of these drag shows we are condemning. They yeah, are not like yeah. the drag shows of yesteryear, which were mainly attended by adults in private clubs. These mm-hmm. are drag shows that are geared toward children with manifest, outright grotesque expressions of sexuality and degeneracy. Talking about doing degenerate sexual acts with members of the same mm-hmm. sex. Tossed salads. How many calories are in a teaspoon of semen? That's what I'm talking about. That is not traditional bullshit. Hey, here's the clip right here you're talking about. Hey, look, look, here's hold the, on, hold on. Here's another clip. Hold up. Hold up. Gentlemen, hold up. Hang on. This is the clip. This is the clip right here, what you're talking about. Hang on. I can, I can tell you, I don't think a lot, I think a lot of people are up now. They're all hashtag I am up. Of course, come and check it out here. So I saw them Saturday. I'm kicking these shoes off, but I may keep the pantyhose on. This feels kind of good, actually. I'm not going to pee in them. I promise. I'm sitting back in the studio. It was uh, it was a morning show skit they did. It wasn't at a high school or an elementary school. So you know, there's a big difference there. Big difference. Let me let me let me share with you. Let me share with you. Let me share with you some more. Let me share with you some more hypocrisy. How the Tennessee lieutenant governor liking a gay man's racy photos reveal hypocrisy of the state drag ban. So here you have Tennessee's lieutenant governor, a conservative Republican, liking a gay man. Tape, hang on, Tave. I can't have two people. Everyone cannot talk over each other. It's just, it's, it's, what is, now, what about the lieutenant governor? Hang on. What's he saying okay. about the lieutenant governor? I didn't hear him. Go ahead. One of, one, of the news, one of the news that came out back in March was that the lieutenant governor of Tennessee, remember, Tennessee has this law to openly ban drag shows. Well, they found out that this lieutenant governor has been going on posting pictures admiring a 20-year-old uh, gay man uh, that has come out. 
okay? But they always catch these Republicans in hypocrisy, always catch them uh, doing the same thing that they condemn. This is not there, new at yeah, all. Some those, are the ones, those are the ones yes, always slow down. Oh, but very few, very few, very few. Very few. A, bunch, a bunch of you guys go down uh, being gay with men, with boys, running behind boys in the, in the Congress, all that kind of stuff. But listen to okay. what you're saying. Listen to what you're saying. Uh, okay. is not yeah, elementary schools. It's hard to try to justify this shit when, it, when, it's, when it's one of you guys do it. Uh, All yeah, right, Sarge, yeah, you yeah. want to respond, Sarge? Yeah, I, this, this is, I mean, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. Look, man, let me explain something. The fact that there are individual failings on the part of individual Republicans does not obviate the fact that as a party, the Republican Party is opposed to this conduct, particularly when it's cross-dressing and transgenderism. It's directed at children! It's a so false I don't know where he is coming from by showing up some examples of failings of individuals that obviate the public policy of the party, both in terms of legislation and terms of policy. It does not. And I don't know any party more hypocritical than the Democrat Party, the party of the Ku Klux Klan, the party of Jim Crow, the party of segregation, and the party of the Civil War and the Confederacy. I know of no party more hypocritical than that. That's true. All, all of which you admire, Sarge, all of which you mentioned you admired from testimony from your own mouth. You're insane. <laughs> now you just allege a calumny against me, Sarge. I want you to bring it up as proof. I'll sue your ass. <laughs> you on record. You on record as having admired. You on record as having admired the Klan. You on record as having appreciated slavery. All of that. You on record. You are a liar. Now you're lying, Warren. You are lying. He's never openly supported the Klan. He's never openly supported the beliefs, the foundations of the Klan. He supported their right to free speech. But not to, not, not the issues that they support. But the unconverted, unscathed lawyer, he can't help himself. Charge is caught tripping on his own line. This is what coat. they do. Charge is caught tripping on his own line. Yeah. Pedophilia is a crime, and how you talk is exactly if you're saying Charge has gone on and being a hypocrite. What you've gone on here just now in the past half hour and said is. You're a pedophile, and you, you promote it, and you're okay with it, to indoctrinate, to do things to children. Not an 18-year-old adult, but children. Why can't you understand that? At 18, you make your own choice. You're an adult. Not 18 well, do you support, old. listen, it's, it's Memorial Day weekend. What, do you, what does Memorial Day weekend mean to you, sir? Why? It don't mean anything to me. It doesn't mean anything to you. So you no, don't believe in the American way at all. And by the way, hey, I'm going to tell you this forthrightly right now, boss. I'm going to always support the Klan's right to free speech, even your dumbass. I support your dumbass right to free speech, too. And that includes the Klan and the Nazis and everybody else. I hold yep. no reservations about that and never will. But closing thoughts, everybody. Going, closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Yeah, everybody, everybody gets on un, uninterrupted closing thoughts. Go ahead, Tave. You first. The indoctrination. Uh, who do you want to go first, Joe? 
Tave, Tave's going to go first. Tave's going first right now. Tave. The indoctrination of children by any human being on this planet to do or be shown things that the left are like this gentleman here, and that's called loosely, because I, I can't even consider that. I, it makes me sick to think that that's okay. On Memorial Day, I'm going to move forward through this year, next year, memorizing that America has been lost to people like you. Because at the end of the day, when kids come home from school and they have to tell their mother and father that the teacher showed them that he doesn't need his pee-pee or she can have a wee-wee, instead of trying to teach them history that you people insist on crushing, smashing, instead of making people more aware and intelligent of what's happened that's bad, not to do it again. Instead, you want to push it the agenda a lot further so now you've got people dumbed down because you want history to repeat itself you want this same thing that's going on now to continue therefore you people should be all locked up because if you do anything to a minor any infraction indoctrination touching anything you're guilty of a crime and if you're not held accountable by the courts you should be held accountable by the parents. That's the problem with this country. Enough parents haven't stood up and told people like you, you have no place. What you have to say towards my child or what you believe in like that is absolute nonsense. They go to school to learn, to get an education. And if you think sex education at the age of 8 to 10 years old, that you can be whatever you want to be, this, ain't the, this is not the place for you. Where you belong is in China. Well, you can be told that, that's how it's going to be, where the doors are open and you seem to have open arms for those people. You know what? Have at it. On the final thing I'd like to say, Agent Orange has killed over 300,000 American men that served in the Vietnam War. The United States government still to this day has not addressed the fact that the suffering that goes on through 50 connected, 50 connected diseases for people that were dumped on by their own government just like today they'll get dumped on because people like this other guy on this line thinks it's okay to do shit like that to people, period. When you have no morals and no dignity, there's no Memorial Day because you people have stolen it or trying to steal it. And personally, you suck. And I yield. Okay, Mr. Warren, go ahead. You're next. Go ahead. Uninterrupted. Thank you so much. Thank you once again so much for allowing me to participate. I'm going to conclude as I began when I called in. Uh, I am grateful to Marxists, communists, and socialists who stood in solidarity with black people during their fight against segregation and Jim Crow, against conservatives who want to maintain the status quo. I recommend you all go to my uh, homepage, New Orleans Wake Up, on Blog Talk, and listen to the show I did called China the new superpower we need to learn from. China will surpass the U.S. economy. You might as well live with it. <laughs> and all of the wars, particularly the wars of the last 50 years, 60 years, 70 years that Americans have died in have been wars that shouldn't have been. They were based on lies by who? Lies told by wealthy white men who wanted other people's resources, and therefore they sacrificed poor and working class, black, whites, and Hispanics, and Native Americans to die. The Vietnam War was lost. Korean War was lost. 
Afghanistan was lost, Iraq was lost, the U.S. has not won a war, and yet they're trying to initiate ultimately a hot war with Russia and China. Insane, insane, absolute insanity of the mindset of this so-called American value system that has sought to conquer and dominate the world. We all will die on this planet by trying to pursue that route, lest they know to war against Russia and know against war with China. It won't work. The, the uh, European Union, NATO is not even equipped to put troops on the ground to combat Russian troops. Russia has hypersonic missiles that the U.S. has no technology to counter. The hypersonic missiles destroyed the Patriot missiles just a week ago in Bakhmut. So let's not be misled about all the see, see, we grew up on John Wayne movies. We grew up on cowboy and Indian movies and all these movies. But that's movies, people. That's just movies. The United States, just like a mafia family, no longer has the muscle. No longer has the muscle. We're in a multipolar world. Thank you so much. All right, Sarge, it's your floor. Go ahead. And I put a number up there for you if you like uh, the communists so much, where or, or excuse me, the socialists. They're doing a show at 9 o'clock, so uh, uh, open phones. So you can call in there. I'm sure you'll, they'll enjoy that. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, go ahead, Sarge. Hang on, Sarge. Sarge's turn. Hang on, Sarge's turn. Go ahead, Sarge. Yeah, listen to this full-throated, full-bore admiration and adulation for the most hideous, murderous system in the history of mankind, socialism slash Marxism slash fascism, all of which are kissing cousins. And which resulted oh, in Western civilization, Sarge. Western civilization. Hey, hey, come on now. Come on. Hey, hey, hey. He interrupt you. Million. Again, which resulted in a body count in 80 short years of 125 million people worldwide. And I'm not talking about casualties incurred in the crossfire of war. I'm talking about through deliberate programs, through extermination, through induced famine, and through mass murder. And yet and still, he has a full-throat defense of these regimes, particularly the Chinese regime, which, as we speak, is engaging in rapine and plunder on the continent of Africa. They are seeking to enslave the continent of Africa. And when you want to talk about the Ukraine war and what's going on in Ukraine with regard to who started what, you might want to go back to the State Department and Victoria Newland and her agitation in Ukraine to uh, induce mm-hmm. the Euro-modern revolution that got rid of the pro-Russian uh, uh, Democrat. You know, this is a Democrat woman working for the Obama administration who induced the Ukrainians to get rid of the pro-Russian presidential candidate through corruption and turmoil and replace them with a pro-European Union, pro-United States Western candidate, which helped in part to induce Putin to invade Ukraine. In part, I didn't say completely, but to a great degree. Uh, there's a lot of bloody hands to wave around while this war is going. And I can guarantee bloody well to you, it's not going to bode well for the United States, maybe for quizlings like Brother Warren, it might work out okay, but for the rest of the country and the rest of the population, it's not going to be good for us because China is going to completely control the South China Sea and particularly Taiwan, and they're going to be in charge of all the computer chip manufacturing in the world, or at least a great portion of it. 
and none of that is going to suit us well. Like I said, the Quislings will prosper perhaps, but then again, we know what communists do. When they don't have a use for you anymore, they either airbrush you out of history or send you to the gulag yourself, and that's if you're lucky. Okay. All right. Yeah. Anyway, I put that number in the chat room. He's correct. That, that, yeah, they are. They're, 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 that's the uh, socialist party. They're a white national socialist party. They're, that's their number. But they'll take your call. They, they take live calls. They don't. They don't. They won't hang up on you. Uh, believe me, they, they, they'll, they'll do it. I mean, that's up to you, though. But I just figured that you would have a good argument for them. They'd love to hear that. The, the arguments that you bring forth. Uh, very interesting. Uh, China supporting China. <laughs> I, I just can't see that, man. I just can't see that at all. Dave, you wanted to respond to one thing he had to say real quick? Yeah, I, I, I can't believe that someone will believe that China, the people that weld their doors shut to, to the sick people, they send drones around and do yeah. whatever to, to build, you know, just the, the complexity. China is a ruthless it, dictatorship, ruthless dica- dictatorship yeah. that has killed millions it's of people it. worldwide. I mean, uh, ruthless, ruthless. In the Soviet Union, oh. It's Man. not the Chinese people. It's not the Chinese people, just like it's not the American people. It's the government. The well, government. The, Chinese, yeah, but the Chinese people, yeah. Can I respond go, ahead, yeah go ahead, go ahead, say something. Go ahead, go ahead. You, you, all, you all will not stop China, so you might as well stop hallucinating. China is on the march to surpass the U.S. economy in, le- in, in uh, about 2030 or less. Never happened. No matter how much, no matter how much fear-mongering you do in China, it's not going to work. It will not going to work. It will happen uh, if we allow the Democrats to continue to control the majority in our government. That's true. But uh, yeah. America... Well, yeah, America yeah. That's a bit of the truth, bro. And that is about a bit of the truth. But he heartily approves of it. He approves of the fact that that's I what know. they're trying to do. And he's essentially correct in what he said. That is what yeah. they intend to do. The only question is, will they? And they certainly will if, if, if this uh, hideous corruptocrat and an eminence grisade that surround him and give him his marching orders uh, are allowed to do, continue to do what they're doing right now. It will happen. I the only China, question I is, are the rest of going to stand up and stop it? I yeah. admire the Chinese government for the development of their nation and the lifting of their people out of poverty. High-speed rails, not one high-speed rail in the United States, not one. Those high-speed rail trains go over 200 miles per hour, no accidents. Here you have accidents and your trains going 60 miles per hour. You don't know what happens over in China because they don't allow you to see what happens. In China... <laughs> The whole world is moving All the other countries are running to Xi Jinping to do business deals. You all live in a bubble. You live in an absolute bubble. Because the government suppresses the people. That's why. Then they have slaves over there. They enslave yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you can see and believe, believe the lies you all you're used to hearing. But well, you're not going to stop trying. If you get the truth from the Chinese Communist Party, they're a bunch of truth tellers over there in commie land. <laughs> they yeah. tell the truth. They tell the well, truth. Well, they tell the truth here. They, what new lies about weapons of mass long. destruction? We're not, we're not Americans lied to about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. And look at the Americans in Iraq that got killed because of a lie that your government told you. 
Don't tell what me about China's lies. You, you get lied to right here. That's true. That's mass destruction in America. The people with a mindset like you because you have no mind. Period. <laughs> You project, y'all project on other people what happens right here at home. And look at well, your well, constant bitching like, about being lied to about COVID. That's all you did. You, you all did for the last two, three years. We're not denying that the Democrats have screwed up our government. We're not denying the Democrats have screwed up our government here in America. That's why we're trying to get rid of them. Yes, we'll vote them out. We agree on that. Yeah, we agree yeah. on that. Number that you can hotline that you can call them directly and tell them, come make landfall in America and see what happens. Well, listen, guys, listen, 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 listen to my show. Listen to my show on China and start learning about China. Start learning and studying about China. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I Memorial Day. I dedicate this song to the veterans out there, the people out there, so that remembering the people that uh, their brothers that lost their lives.
for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.